0: whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know, it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Halo, hello, Sacred Icon Halo listeners. If you're turning into this, you're listening to Episode 5. And as always... I'm your host, Jovial Joshua Hargis, and join with me is my friend, my pal, and my buddy, but your host, Brian Arvet. Brian, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I think everyone listening can tell that there's a little bit of a difference in the podcast. you want to tell them why that is, Josh? What? Yes. Yeah, so we both got new mics. You might have seen uh, Brian's post about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually got one too, and uh, hopefully you guys are really hearing that. It's picking up, but uh,
2: not really new mics. We got actual mics because what we were using before it was
1: I don't know, it was like a blade of grass. Yeah, <laughs> you kept hearing like the the headsets just kind of yes, that was so annoying. So, <laughs> so hopefully, it sounds better now for you guys. But uh, we got a lot to news, uh, a lot of news to cover, and we kind of want to get right into that. So, because the biggest thing is uh, the Halo Reach announcement of it coming to. December 3rd. Awesome yeah. PC. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but first off, I just want to kind of go into uh, DreamHack Atlanta. Uh, for those that don't know, this is just a you know pretty big Halo tournament, and uh, it started yesterday, and it runs up until tomorrow at some point. It uh, looks like Halo 3 and 5 are the games of choice that are going to be playing, and for anyone that wants any more information about that, you just go over to dreamhack.com slash Halo uh, for more of that. So What is again, DreamHack, Josh? I don't even know. Uh, you don't know either. <laughs> I don't yeah, either. That's I just a, know it's a tournament, it's you know. Okay, I, so it's I, a tournament, and they're only doing Halo three and five. That's odd choices. Yeah, I mean, I don't quite. Hmm. I didn't quite look too too into detail into all that stuff, but uh, I definitely like. Definitely sounds cool. I mean, they mentioned like I think at least for sign up you could have like fifty or so teams. I think it said, which is just insane. Because hmm. it's, I mean, it's a tournament. Like, I mean, they all are, but. Yeah, I don't know how different it is compared to esports or anything like that, but uh, yeah, be cool for those. Line,
2: yeah, my bottom line takeaway from this is I'm starting to see more like uh, Halo Championship type stuff and Halion tor- or Halion <laughs> Halo Tournament type stuff. So I think with the, with the move to MCC being a working product and the Halo coming to PC, uh, it looks like we're going to be getting some. I mean, not even close, probably, but like this, this is probably going to be like the closest thing since we've had in like what MLG like
1: 2007. Type deal yeah so we're getting there so do you feel this at all i mean how do you feel about like i've noticed the focus with the tournaments lately right i mean maybe it's maybe it's been longer than just lately but it seems like they've done a lot of mcc stuff as opposed to just you know halo 5 for a while yeah what do you I think about that
2: well i mean i think i mean it's pretty obvious that the only reason they're starting to do mcc stuff now is because they can actually rely on the product whereas before they couldn't <laughs> yeah um but i think what's kind of like on one hand like Halo five as a competitive product is really well done and, and constructed. But the one thing I can't help but not I can't help but notice is like 343 so desperately wants to be in MLG and in tournaments and streaming and stuff. Like they wanna be pro, they wanna have pros, they wanna have these tournaments and stuff where Bungie was like, ah, here's our product and you don't know, do what you want with it. And it becomes this huge thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see three, four, three, like they're trying so hard and they get moderate success where Bungie was just like, ah, we're creating a game and do what you want with it. And it becomes huge.
1: Yeah. I remember sitting in the car with you and Creighton in the video games, Etc parking lot before the launch of MCC. And we were just killing time. And you mentioned, you know, how it felt like they were moving to this whole esports thing. And that was still kind of relatively new at the time, I think. And I didn't know too much about that prior. So, and I can definitely see that now, like just looking back, like especially with Halo 5, they really pushed that, bringing those guys in for the team and stuff like that. So, but yeah, uh, for anyone who wants to check that out, uh, definitely do that. Again, it's at dreamhack.com forward slash Halo, and that ends tomorrow. So, pretty cool. But more importantly, uh, November 15th, just yesterday, was the 18th anniversary of Halo Combat Evolved. But not only that, also, Xbox. Uh, yep, same time. Best best range. launch game in history, in my opinion. You think so? Well, What do you think would be a good contender
2: for that? I mean, a good contender would be... I mean, didn't Mario launch with the Nintendo? I, mean, I think it did. I guess yeah, I don't I guess, know. No, that's, um, that's a good call. But here's the thing. Like, I would 100% bet my money that the Xbox would not exist as a game console without the game Halo Combat Evolved. So... That's why it's the most important launch game of all time. We have a multi-billion dollar business that exists because of one
1: first-person shooter. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's crazy, dude. Uh, Uh, I remember back then, that's when the word, or the term killer app was still being thrown around a lot. I don't really hear that nowadays. Killer
2: app, and also the term then was created Halo Killer, when other FPS games uh, tried to be better than Halo. So, little did we know, the Halo Killer was Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which never labeled themselves as Halo Killer. (laughs)
1: yeah it's interesting when you like i don't know when you don't try to like i mean maybe they did behind the scenes but when you don't publicly try to like compete or or try yeah. too hard for that then it ends up working it's like you said like with bungie they put out the product and it ends up becoming super popular mm-hmm. in mlg terms and then 343 is like yeah we want this to be great for esports and it's i mean it, it sounds like it is yeah. popular but i mean i their- never hear many people it sounds like it's very to a very specific community as opposed to like to so give three, four, three credit Writer. though. Like the truth is, back
2: when Halo was huge for esport type stuff, there wasn't much competition out there. There wasn't many games that were competitive and and, and good for that. But nowadays, you have uh, probably a dozen games that are really good to stream, really good competitive, and then you have like several other dozen that are okay. You know, like you have like top tier contenders like uh, Fortnite and. Um, player unknowns and apex legends and all that stuff but then you also have like a million other small games that are competing for the same space that aren't like bleeding edge for instance you know that's going for like an overwatch type thing and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so i mean it's a it back then it was like there was no like esport type like genre and halo just filled the gap that we didn't know existed and now it's like everyone's going for it like if you're not going for single player you're going for the esports you're going for the streaming content so it's yeah, hard, it's hard to compete. Plus, Halo's not as relevant as it was back then. You know.
1: No, that's a good point. I think so. Yeah, uh, I think you said it best there. But uh, yeah, so we talked about it in the first episode, but you didn't actually play Halo Combat Evolved. Was not your first experience in Halo. It was Halo Two. So, no, I mean the first Halo
2: I ever saw played in front of me was Halo One. But the first time I ever cared and actually played myself was Halo
1: Two. Do you remember what footage you were being? what you were seeing the first time like what level
2: yeah. it was halo it was the level halo the second level okay. um josh did you hear that Mm-mm. okay um it was the second it's level host yeah it was there's something
1: if somebody popped up behind me on this you know it'd be oh terrifying. my god <laughs> yeah uh just so you guys uh you guys won't be able to see this but we're actually uh along with our sound we're now video chatting too so we can for the moment eventually we will we'll have that we'll actually have video content on youtube i believe
2: um Yes, um, but what was I saying? No, I do remember the first time I saw
1: Halo, and I was blinded
2: by its majesty. Um, corny!
1: Uh, I love well, cause, it because so. we already used it on the first episode. <laughs> yeah, so. I was so when I listened to that again, I was like, ah, that was that was corny. Yeah, well, you're a cornball. What can we say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, it was the it was the
2: first level, or not the first level. The first level called Halo, and I remember somebody mailing a grunt behind a rock. That's what I remember of my first footage of Halo and I thought it looked like interesting but I was like I don't know I guess my maybe it was cuz I was like I grew up in like a like a Christian household or something but I also thought like people liked Halo because it was rated M which is such a weird thought like I'm like oh Zelda doesn't need to be rated M to be a good game dude <laughs>
1: Hey man remember like my misconception back then when I when Brute Force came out for the Xbox I thought that was Halo 2 before oh, Halo man. 2 came out like Brute I don't Force. I don't I don't understand. Like, I wish I could go back and just figure out what my logic was behind that. But I, See, you, you said something
2: on a prior podcast that I was yeah. like, I never commented on, but I totally agree. When when you first saw Halo on Xbox, you thought to yourself, wow, the Xbox has a plethora of games on the system that are all as good as Halo. So I need to get an Xbox. You know, I need to get an Xbox. I need to get Brute Force. I need to get Fusion Frenzy. And and then you you pick up an Xbox and you get a bunch of other games and you're like, oh, well... They're all crap, except for Halo.
1: Um, and, well, it I depends mean, on the I, time you get the console. Yeah, yeah,
2: No, I mean, obviously, if you get an old Republic or... or if Jade you, Empire was pretty good. Jade Empire or, um, what was I going to say, Morrowind. Like, there was good games there, but, you know, I think Buddha everybody... Games. Most people own Brute Force because they thought Halo was cool, so it must be cool, uh, but it wasn't.
1: So... I had yeah, this weird so. nostalgic charm for brute force, actually, like because of that. Like I, re- I remember playing yeah, I get through that. that and thinking, "Where's Chief?" <laughs> like the entire time, it, like just booting up the game did not convince me that it. it what do you wasn't. Think it was third player? Do you think it was a third player Halo? Like third person? I don't know. I you know what? It, it probably was. Is that I think there was a probably there was probably a part of me that just knew once I booted that game up that this is not Halo like a, a Halo successor. However. I think i tried to convince myself that yes this is while i was playing through it in the hopes that i could enjoy it more because it was ass and yeah. not the fun kind it was so bad yeah and wasn't it like squad gameplay like like gears of war kind of uh kind of i want to say it was like four player co-op but i only ever played it by myself at the time so yeah. i never got to test out the co-op stuff but i mean it, it did have like the third person run around sort of shooting and stuff like that mm-hmm. so, which is again halo's first person i, I kid logic you know it is what it is but yeah so chat me up uh brian like you know halo came out all that time ago and you first had this like i mean correct me if i'm wrong but a judgmental yeah opinion definitely. of the the console and you know then halo 2 is what got you to get the xbox now was there anything like regarding the xbox was there anything that you remember playing fondly you know in terms of nostalgia on that that on wasn't a combat evolved no, just on Halo, like on the. Uh, I'm sorry, on Xbox in general. Like, was there anything else other than Halo that you just have some fond memories of?
0: Playing? Um,
2: Fable. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah. Fable is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it was really, it was really cool to have this, uh, you know, RPG light
1: experience on the Xbox, and for me, it was. Uh, I don't know. I really, I remember that being one of my, one of my favorite games on there too. Yeah, but you never beat it, right? No, I did. I oh, just did. okay. I, I never beat chapters. the lost chapters okay. content portion. Yeah.
2: That's okay. I, I do think the lost chapters improve the experience because here's the weird thing about the lost chapters: it uh, it's um, the content that's added is spread throughout the entire game. So there's new content in the beginning, middle, first third, last third. Like it's not just added on content to the end. Like right. There's, there's actually like a new section of the town of Oakvale.
1: Yeah, I think I I, I did. I remember doing one new like side quest but yeah. that was
2: long ago so uh, you know what i think i think before we continue talking about that real quick i think uh, uh there's there's a there's a podcast i listen to and they they have no problem um talking about their technical issues i think they're funny so what is that i hear josh i feel like i hear something that is the heater kicking in the heater kicking in how long does that last a while last a while
1: well uh, like maybe five minutes
2: unacceptable no i'm just kidding i'm now cold that, <laughs> brian um no it's okay uh, but anyways, <laughs> no, so for for the Xbox, it was pretty much uh, Halo 1, 2, Fable. I, I bought Morrowind, couldn't get into it at the time. I never played KOTOR. I know it was sacrilegious. Um, but uh, as far as like Halo Combat Evolved goes, I mean, I love that game. And I, today I hold it as one of the best games. I would say objectively it's the best Halo. I think it's like Bun- it's kind of Bungie's magnum opus. Um is that how – did I use that term quickly? I I, yeah, I feel like – yeah. It's it's just such exactly. a classic. It's just such a classic in gaming. Like, everyone loves Halo Combat Evolved pretty much. You never – you don't hear people complain about it too much. Um, I think when I – you know, you're going to think about my experience playing Halo Combat Evolved, um, I already knew about the Flood because I played Halo 2 first, so that, that reveal was lost on me. Though I did think it was really cool how, you know, like he got Private Jenkins – um, Helmets and and kind of replayed that recording. That kind of blew my mind at the time. How yeah. well that was done. Oh man. Um, but I think something I noticed about Halo Combat Evolved negatively that I hadn't really noticed in Halo Two was the amount of backtracking. There's so much, like the last three levels of Halo Combat Evolved.
1: Two betrayals is oh, it's brutal for me. On the like, that is one of my most like. If I had a dreadful level, I probably. Have a harder time getting through that than I did the library. To be honest,
2: I've heard that level cited as one of people's favorites. Uh, like and I know two not betrayals, two betrayals. Yeah, I know not assault in the control room is the front way played, but people actually say two betrayals is also a favorite. I hear that a lot. Okay,
1: well, yeah, maybe I'd have to. I'd have yeah, I definitely have to replay it again. But it's it's either assault. No, I don't no, think it's you assault. Like assault room. You like assault in the control yeah, room. Yeah, the one that say. ends with with you know you putting Cortana in the control
2: room. Then you go to three four three guilty spark. Then you go to the library. Then you come back, and that's two betrayals. Where you get yeah, some, like, it is two betrayals. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, I get you, yeah. because as a kid, I was like, wait a minute. I've already played this level, but now it's dark. I'm going backwards, and several of the places that I need to go are in a, up above me and need a banshee to get there. It was so confusing. Yeah. Uh, I got so, so lost and stuck there a lot. But, yeah, the last three levels, like, on one hand, you can say that's a negative, that they're, like, backtracking and repeating that stuff. Um, but on the other hand... Um, they did a masterful job of taking three levels that you've already played and making them feel new. Because, like, Two Betrayals and Keys and The Maw all feel like different levels to me, despite obviously knowing that they're the same.
1: I could see uh, that. I think so. the first time I played it, I never really thought of it as backtracking or anything yeah. like that. So, no, even I mean, though I knew it was kind of like a remixed version of a previous level, I think I just didn't. I was too ingrained in the story it it felt like it made sense to go back there
0: i think that's a good way to put
2: it they they managed to make the story elements around the repeated levels like you know simple things they did like so for in in uh two betrayals they changed it from day like more of a daytime to a nighttime they added flood they added flood in to the to the level they had uh you using banshees to fly around which you didn't on the first way through the level And all these different things to make it feel different. Plus, you had Cortana having you, like, walk into those, like, central core units and use your your suit to override the shield, remember? Yeah. So, like, they they added all these different things, plus the context of the story was different. So, it felt like a different experience. Then you get to Keys, and, like, what's crazy about the level Keys? You know how you, like, you start off the level Keys, and you're in the ship, and you fall down that big hole into that green, like, lake? Yes. Yep. Yeah, when you fall into that green lake, I always think that area is new. Like, it doesn't look like it's a repeated level, but I think it actually is. But it feels like it's completely new down there to me. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, I do, because I, as far as I recall, I always thought it was kind of new.
2: Yeah, but I think it's just repeated level. But you walk all the way back to the ship, and then you go back in the same ship that you were on in the third level, Truth and Reconciliation. But, like, once again, like, the, the nighttime atmosphere, the, the way it's reconstructed, the fact that the story context is different, um, it makes it feel like a different level. And then you get to the Maw. Which is you're in the Pillar of Autumn, the same level as the first game, but now it's it's landed. It's not in space. It's it's got a destroyed look to it instead of a pristine look. Um, you know, you're you're going through the level differently. Plus, they add the entire. You got to think the entire Warthog run at the end of the game. That's a whole new segment. Mm-hmm. That's not in the. You know, that's a whole new thing. Um, but I think it's also funny to mention. I don't know if you've ever watched the Have you ever watched the commentaries with Joe Staten and stuff through the campaigns. Bits and pieces. He says that so like. On the very first mission, or very first cutscene after you beat the first level, Pillar of Autumn, it shows like, you know how Cortana's like, Keyes is taking the ship in manually. And yeah. the ship's kind of going in towards Halo.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They didn't have a way to make the ship move. So the ship is just sitting in space, and and Joe Staten is panning the camera really quickly oh! past the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. To make it seem like it's moving. And even after he told me that, i watch <laughs> it, and i still feel like it's moving. Yeah. So, he did a great job there. but
1: uh, I can tell it's not now, knowing okay, that, like, okay. but I still feel the same way. Like, I think it's just because that's how I first saw it. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Halo Combat Evolved, it has, for me, the standout. I'm going to go ahead and ask you after I tell you mine. The okay. two standout levels of Halo Combat Evolved for me. Number one, the silent cartographer. That is the best level in Halo Combat Evolved, in my opinion. It is one of the best levels in Halo, in my opinion. I mean, you have pelicans dropping you off on the beach, and you running towards a Force of Covenant with marines. I mean, that's Halo in its purest form, if you ask me. also kind of gives me like a D-Day type vibe thing. Um, so Sonic Cartographer, that's definitely my favorite level. I think my second favorite level, I always would have said it was the level Halo, because of how that feels. But the more and more over the years have gone by that I've played Halo, I realized that Halo is just this small hub map with three areas to pick up Marines and it's over. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it is. They essentially give you this big circle green area. And they put Marines in one of three areas. And then you go to each area and the level's over. So it's really not as impressive to me as it used to be. Obviously back then it was like, holy crap, this huge explosive, like, explorative world. Um, so I'd say my second favorite level is actually Assault in the Control Room. And that actually comes right after Sonic Cartographer. So you got Sonic Cartographer, Assault in the Control Room, back to back. And uh, which is kind of cool because that reminds me of like the two best levels in Halo 3 are the Ark and the Covenant, which are also back to back. So, but yeah, those are my two favorite. What would you say are your
1: two favorite levels in Halo Combat Evolved, Josh? First one is definitely 343 Guilty Spark. Just because the twist, I mean, it blew everybody away when they first played it. Like, Story-wise. Know, of course, yeah, story-wise. I mean, like, if you look at it now, I still think it's fun because it's eerie. It's the first, like, Halo, you start, you start the game up. And you kind of don't know necessarily what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. You get to the Halo level, and the game just sort of opens up, and it's like, whoa, what is this game? You know, you thought it was this corridor space shooter, maybe. Yeah. Suddenly, the second level's like, no, (laughs) no, no, or not go anywhere. Yeah, do what you want.
2: What's that? What's that? uh, Let me interrupt you, quick. What's that? That really, um, oh man, that really poor commercial. It's like. In a world where alien covenants have taken over, oh, I remember you watched don't it know. with you watched it with me once, and you're like, "Man, that makes me cringe
1: so much." You know, because you got that typical voiceover guy.
2: In a world,
1: yeah, you know, I do love that. In a world, <laughs> yes. But anyway, uh, no, so I first, don't remember that specifically. But yeah, uh, your first favorite level is Halo. Then, no, it's three, four. Three. Oh,
2: I'm sorry, I just completely, Yeah, no, you're good. The story But, but yeah,
1: it's good. it's just it's like when you get to that level, there's just a, a transition in tone that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And even when I go back and replay it. I can't wait to get to that point because it just you you feel like you've hit the second half of the game mm-hmm. and you know it, where it goes from here. Like it just it hits it has this whole different tone. Like you first know. half is just elites and marines running around and it's fun, and then the second half is this like darker, dirtier, spookier kind yeah. of uh, zombie fest. You know, so like it's fun. See, I it's think so it's much fun.
2: I think it's funny. They're. Uh... <laughs> Sometimes we don't admit things to ourselves. Uh, but I was listening to this other Halo podcast, which I won't mention here because Sacred Icon Halo is all you need for your Halo information. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was listening to this other podcast, and someone said that uh, basically once you get done with assault on the control room, that's when they start hating the game because the rest of it's just this mad dash and this anxiety-filled inducing thing. And I'm like, you know what? On one hand, I love all of Halo Combat Evolved. I enjoy all of it, and I would not say I despise any of it. This person was definitely right because it's like the first five, six levels, you think you know what's going on. You're fighting Covenant. You're getting used to it. You're using vehicles, having a good time. Then once you get to 343 Guilty Spark and the Flood are introduced, it's like running from the Flood. Then you go to the library, cramped, running from the Flood. Then you go to Two Betrayals. You're backtracking through a level, running through the Flood. Then you go to uh, Keys, Flood. And then you go – like the whole rest of the game is like Flood and anxiety-filled. And so it, it's, it's definitely less um, – I don't know, less consistently enjoyable, maybe, I would say. But anyways... I mean, yeah. That's
1: definitely fair. I just... I love it, though. I think that comes down to, like, a preference there. Because, like, the first half of the game, I would say, is, like, clean, if that makes sense. It's, it's clean. Yeah, it's like very clean. You kind of, like... You kind of know what to expect by, like, by the end of the second level. You could just... You know, you feel like, okay, I'm fighting the Covenant. But then the plot twist is so huge, and the tone completely changes. And I just... I like that. Like, I, I like going into it because, like, in all the subsequent Halos, at least, let, let's just say Halo 2 and 3, you know to expect the Flood. You don't know when you're going to fight them, mm-hmm. but you do know you're going to fight them. The first game, that's just, it's it's so... Like, I don't know off the top of my head if there is another Halo that kind of goes through a big shift like that and where they introduce a new enemy type. You know, like, that's, that's cool. Like, I just, I love that. I don't know. So, I, I mean, I personally... Like, I do, I guess, if I had to choose, I probably would say I prefer the first half of the game. Yeah. But my favorite level is 343 Guilty Spark. I love that twist. But no, then I, I think mean, about awesome. the library. I think about uh, Two Betrayals. And, yeah, and, and key the keys level, like, sometimes I like, sometimes I don't. But, yeah, I mean, those are the, I think, the more lackluster in terms of quality. But I just, I love where the story goes from there. I, I need to say I enjoy the library. I always have. I've never not
2: enjoyed the library. I'm not saying it's a good level objectively. I'm not saying people are crazy or wrong for saying they don't. But I've always enjoyed the library. And also, I think if you remove the story content, I think I enjoy the library more than Keys. Keys is not really that much fun of a level for me to play. Mm-hmm. So, no, I. To...
1: I remember seeing people complain about the library after like I beat the game. And I was like, I don't remember it being that bad. And then I went back and replayed it, and I was like, okay, this is very long, yeah. uh, repetitive, and tedious, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's I don't I don't, I don't hate it. But my second level, though, I'd probably say Halo. Uh, I okay. didn't cover that, but I'd probably say Halo just because. I mean, I do completely agree with what you said, hundred percent. But I still think it's fun, just because of my memories with it. Yeah. When I got there it like I didn't have a concept of an open world game at the time. I didn't play RPGs either. So going from this corridor shooter to this what felt like an open world. Yeah. It it took me forever to beat that level because I was just like, I can go anywhere? Oh, yeah. well is there a reason to go over here? You know? And and then like you start seeing the forerunner structures and like I was like, what is this like it just filled me with so many questions. Yeah. I was just so also, this cave is not a natural formation. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a big thing in the community? Like Well, the quote? it is, but what's really interesting,
2: and you know this because I'm pretty, pretty sure you read the article that I wrote about it, um, but the only reason that that's in the game is because, long story short, um, before Halo Combat Evolved come out, came out, uh, Microsoft commissioned... Eric Nyland to write the book The Fall of Reach and um Bungie was trying to get it stopped because they didn't want anyone else to play in their universe. They didn't want the Master Chief to have a a name and a personality. They wanted him to be a blank vessel and Bungie was trying to get it stopped. So, uh the editor from The Fall of Reach book his name is Eric Troutman. He went and bargained with Microsoft and Bungie that he would help write dialogue for Halo Combat Evolved if the book got pushed through. So he had to write dialogue based on Halo's campaign just from notes, not actually seeing the game. Mm-hmm. So when he said, when he wrote, this cave is not a natural formation, it wasn't silly because he, from what he knew, it was just a cave. He didn't know it looked like an obviously built structure. You know? Okay. So, yeah. uh, kind of an interesting little bit of uh, information there, but. You know, still going back to Combat Evolved, um, I think there's there's just so many things about the game that, that make it unique. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast knows that Halo started off as a real time strategy game, and then it went to a third person game, and eventually it was purchased by Microsoft, made a console exclusive game, and 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 became first person shooter. But um, like the characterization of Master Chief in that game is so much different. Like I never, re- I didn't actually realize this till like a, like this year. Master Chief's characterization in Halo One is vastly different from every other game. He actually he actually has he actually has more personality in one than he does in two and in three, in my opinion, um, because because mainly because the the Fall of Reach book and the editor and writer were so involved with that process. You you have Master Chief like. You have him, like, uh, lobbing that grenade in the mall when he's like, oh, I, I I, got an idea. And he's, like, lobbing the grenade, you know. And then, um, you know, he's got, like, he's he's like, uh, don't worry. He's a friend, you know, for 343 Guilty Spark. And he's, like, he's kind of, he's more charismatic. He has he has a little
1: more to say. you know, he yeah, I remember a, him saying to Cortana at one point when she's starting to, like, lose her shit. He's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. He's a friend. It's like, oh, yeah. well, he's your buddy. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: but, uh, and then, like, when Cortana's like, get out of here now, go, keys, keys, he doesn't know what's there. And, like, you run towards, the, like, Master Chief's like just like,
0: oh, uh, oh, shit, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts
2: running. <laughs> so, like, Master Chief has a lot of personality. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, compared to something like Uncharted or something, you know, he does, he has no personality. But, like, Halo 1, he has more personality than he has in 2 and 3. 2 and 3, they kind of take him back more to the one-liner vessel.
1: And then you get to 4, and, of course, it blows up big time. I, mean, I guess I opinion. could see that. I mean, that I never really thought of it like that. Because I, when I think about Halo Three, I think Chief is a lot more vulnerable. I think of Chief as being very vulnerable. That's true. And so, they start
2: to but, reference the Full of Reach book a little bit in that game.
1: But I don't. I guess I don't necessarily. When I think in terms of like dialogue and stuff he says, I don't necessarily think of too much like that. It's more so just his body language. I think is what I see more of in Halo Three. Like that one point when they're on the they're at the table and you see Cortana kind of like faint and yeah. he kind of puts his. Puts his hands up like you know that and just He's presses like, them on there. I'm about to I'm about to break down. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Hood, you gotta let me go, bro. He's like Master Chief. No one can t- see these tears behind
0: these this helmet. Master Chief is the dumbest thing you've ever done and the best. He's like tell me I'm telling you it's the best. Let me get her. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cortana.
1: Um uh, but, yeah, uh, going back to just the Xbox a little bit, though, uh, KOTOR is my favorite game of all time. Josh's and favorite game of all time, Star Wars, yeah. Knights of the
2: Republic. When are we going to get an HD re-release? Disney, come on.
1: I know, right? Even before that, we should have gotten one. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Of all these games that get it, like, how does Star Wars not get it? But-
2: would you would you say, Josh, as the Star Wars fan here, like, Knights of the Republic is one of those pieces of media in Star Wars that's continually propped up and held up as one of the best pieces, Right. Like aside from the original films, and you know, I'm just talking objectively. Yeah, Obviously, I, we like I would
1: prequels, say, so. this might be subjective of me to say, but like I do think outside of the films and shows, I I feel like that's probably the highest quality, like the next best yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like in terms of, of media to consume, yeah, it's just such a fantastic story. It it gave us a sequel. It gave us an MMO. Uh, even though people prefer to go tour three, it gave us a comic book series. Yep. Uh, so, and, and everyone loves Darth Revan to this day. Like he's just in star Wars. He's renowned. He was almost actually put in an episode of clone Wars. I want to play through that out. game one day. I just have, so, it. I don't know. Get there. It's so good. So, that was the first game. Well, I, I'll go into that another time. Cause that's a whole other story. Yeah. But so I was going to say for I a love I loved uh, fable. Fable was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of great memories on, The original Xbox. Uh, I actually played Morrowind on there, and that was like Oblivion's, like one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, and I got there because of my time in Morrowind. So I think let's let's just be real here. Like a lot of us liked, like obviously we all liked the Xbox
2: original for Halo, but let's just be real. The Xbox console was just cool. That's the one thing I had going for it that I think. No, obviously, like yeah, you know, PS2, you can say is cool and GameCube. I mean, I love GameCube, but you can't say it's cool. It had a handle; It looks like a lunchbox. But um, the Xbox was just cool. You know, it booted up, and it had like that green slime thing that kind of turned into the logo. You could upload your CDs to the console, and then you could some oh, games. Tony
1: Hawk's Underground.
2: Oh some my games God, you could yeah. play your music in the background. You know, it had it had an, like, this is a funny thing now, and especially if you're younger listening to this, you'll be like, what? But it was the first console to not have memory cards. Like, I mean, it, they sold memory cards separately, but there was an internal hard drive on the system. And at the time, that was unheard of. PS2 used memory cards. GameCube used memory cards. But it had a uh, original hard drive in it. And the funny thing is, I don't know if you had this experience, Josh, but I remember... There's two things that me and my friends used to brag about the Xbox, too, and they're so ridiculous. But So when you went into the system memory, it would always say that it had 8,000 blocks of memory. Yeah, I remember And no matter how many games you installed, it said it had 8,000-plus blocks left. So we would always tell people, like, yeah, it's got unlimited memory. Like, your memory card runs out, but it never runs out. But the truth is, it had an 8-gig hard drive on it. Now, the game memory was never big enough to make that run out, really, but it was actually pretty small memory. I mean, at
1: the time, that's huge. Yeah, I think they actually said they lost a lot of money having done that. And looking I mean, back, believe they that. shouldn't have done that. I mean, uh, it's not verbatim, but I do remember hearing that 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 like that kind of cut into their profits because they never I, really, yeah, people didn't need memory cards at all. So. I can 100% believe that because here's another thing. If you remember, they released
2: an Xbox 360 eventually that came with 4 gig memory. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, so yeah, I do. half of the original Xbox just kind of it's sad
1: wasn't that the arcade one it was
2: yeah arcade okay it was flash memory um but anyway so that's one thing we brag about it's like it has unlimited memory and and that which really wasn't that cool if you think about it um and the second thing we brag about is how tough the xbox was like i remember i remember my friend kyle would always be like you can drop an xbox off a balcony and it won't break and then i remember like this ps2 guy being like who cares? Like, I like to play games on my PS2.
1: seems like an advertisement yeah. against PS2. You can drop an Xbox yeah. and it won't break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the you Xbox is just too? so cool. I remember it like, uh, you could like, if you just left it on the dashboard... You would hear these voices sometimes in the background, oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> which was creepy as hell.
2: It just made it feel like the Xbox was something from a different planet. It was so cool, yeah. you know. Here's it felt the, like my Xbox was alive. Think, think. Here's the thing: like when you look back at the sales, the PS2 is one of the best-selling systems of all time. The Xbox, I think, sold a little bit more than the GameCube, but both the Xbox and the GameCube were pretty abysmal. So, as far as sales go, the Xbox wasn't that great. As far as games go overall, the Xbox wasn't that great because you get – me and Joshua mentioned about five classics, and after that, there's not that great of a library on the Xbox, especially compared to GameCube with all the Nintendo offerings and PS2 with like Jack, Trilogy, Ratchet & Clank, GTA, all this stuff. Um, but what the Xbox did was it innovated so much. You know, it innovated with an internal hard drive. It innovated with Xbox Live, um, which was – that was the biggest thing ever, and I mean, hats off to Max Hoberman of Bungie because he actually designed the party system and matchmaking that went into Halo Two as a game that was eventually adopted to be the system level form of, of, of party system and matchmaking on the three sixty,
1: which is now what is universally used for games on I every was just system. gonna say that yeah. actually, like you notice most of the games you play nowadays they use that same function of inviting your friends into like a sort of lobby, then you go into a game That's huge. together and yeah, it's. I am surprised Hoberman's are. not a more known person. Like, I am sure there is people
2: listening to this have no idea who Max Hoberman is. But if you like, if you are listening to this for some reason, maybe you are a friend of Josh's and, and you don't actually like Halo, you are probably currently a fan of a game that is using the system
1: that Max Hoberman created for Halo two. Yeah, it's profound when you think about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's insane too because of the custom soundtracks, which was like that carried over to the three hundred and sixty and stuff like that. Like it had all these like neat little like different things it did. Like, I, I remember you could actually go into a game chat if you were just in the dashboard on the original Xbox, you know, without playing a game, mm. you know. And that was cool, too, if you just wanted to have a chat, yeah. which I never used personally, yeah. but the option was cool. I'm sure people did utilize that. But if you look at it, too, with the games, I mean, I do agree with you. Like, some of the games were very good, and then it had some that were just okay. I mean, there are favorites in there. Like, a lot of people love, like, Blinks and, and Voodoo Vents and, and some of the stuff like that, but... Um, I mean, I
2: think there should you be know, you look credit at it, that, like, PC-only games got put on the Xbox,
1: too. Yeah, like, KOTOR, yeah, Morrowind. Morrowind. KOTOR, yeah, Morrowind, yeah. But but then, too, if you look at it, like, that came out in, what, November of 2001, November 15th. And then the Xbox 360 came out in 2005. So they had a very short lifespan for the original mm-hmm. Xbox, compared to, say, something like PlayStation, which was 2000, and then uh, then... PS3 came out in two thousand six. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they really jumped in. They wanted to get that head start. So but uh yeah, overall for Xbox I I love that console. It's so like it's one of my favorite consoles of mm-hmm. all time. It would probably be in like top five for sure, it's just purely based on nostalgia, you know, and, and Halo and Kotor for me and Morrowind. It's got the cool factor. Fable. Yeah, I mean it's just like that's the thing. Like it was. I look at the original Xbox as less of like the first Xbox console and more of a prototype because they had they did have a couple good games out of it. They developed Xbox Live, but that stuff, all that stuff they had, it didn't really take off until I think the 360. Aside yeah. from like Halo 2, yeah, because that really like, I I don't know. Let me ask you this, actually, Brian. Like, do you feel? if okay if you could just erase halo 2 from existence but still have that sort of lobby system up mm-hmm. you know and everything let's see max hoberman still like just came up with that stuff how, how do you feel do you feel like xbox live would have taken off
2: no i don't i don't think i don't think there's any like doing me wrong there's gonna be plenty of people on here that are like oh i loved playing this game live on my original xbox like i had my little brother played
1: unreal tournament or unreal I championship guys and loved it yeah yeah
2: but no the the there's no game other than Halo 2 on the Xbox Original that that showed you just what kind of experience you were missing out on, you know. If if if, if Crimson Skies and Wolfenstein: Return to Castle Wolfen or Return to Castle Wolfenstein was like, I think that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you got it. If those were the only kind of games that had online, I think people would have been. I think the rest of the industry would have been like. Okay, we don't have to work on this right now. Like, I think Sony and Nintendo... Well, Nintendo's still catching up on... Nintendo's online still got awful. But, like, Sony, if they had seen all the money that Xbox had... Microsoft had put into Xbox Live and saw that it only led to things like Wolfenstein Online and Crimson Skies... I think Sony wouldn't have put as much effort into their online service. Because if you remember, like, the PS3's online service wasn't really that good for the first several years of the PS3. But they still tried. They really tried because of what Xbox had done. I think they wouldn't... I think we would have been... The whole industry would have been further behind if it wasn't for Xbox. I mean, eventually, at one point, we probably would have got to where we're at now. Um, but it definitely... Halo 2 is what... It was a killer It was a killer app for Xbox Live. So
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Gears of War came out in the next gen and, it, like, didn't kill didn't derail Halo but it like was up there. It was like a younger brother that it was like, hey, did. I got you." It actually oh, did it actually did. Okay, my Halo mistake. T-
2: it was it passed Halo 2 and it was a
1: leading one until Halo 3. So, okay. Yeah. So. Man. But yeah, I mean, I played the crap out of the first Gears online. So, but yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that. But yeah, so overall, just kind of closing thoughts on Halo in terms of its anniversary. I mean, how does it where where do you rank it in your Halo list? Objectively, I think it's the best Halo game. Okay,
2: subjectively. Subjectively, it's my second favorite Halo game behind Halo 2.
1: Nice. Okay. Okay, let me ask you this then. How about the multiplayer?
2: You know, nostalgia tells me I love it, but when I go into MCC... It's like the least fun one for me to play. Maybe that's, a hot, maybe that's bad to say. People are like, well, I love that game. It's the best. No,
1: I do think there is a ton of people out there who have such nostalgia and love for it because of Halo on PC. Yeah. Like original, you know, original Yeah, yeah Halo I played 90, that too. So, yeah, and because, okay, I can remember just one quick example of I was doing, like, I'm going to get into this in a further episode, but I was doing so many LAN parties uh, my sophomore year of high school, and I can remember my friend Eric not coming over to one because his dad had bought Halo on PC. And I was instantly jealous and envious and just like – I was like, (laughs) oh, it was frustrating because I didn't have live. I couldn't – I didn't have PC. It didn't have internet. And I was just so envious and and jealous and and wanting him to just put that game down. But realistically, if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't have either. So – but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I look back on Halo CE with – Such fond memories. I don't, I don't, I really don't think, I mean, you kind of more or less implied it earlier, but I don't think I'd be an Xbox fan per se. I I mean, I could see myself maybe still having owned one because some of like Gears of War I I did really like and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, I just, you know, we're doing a podcast because of Halo. We did a, we did an episode just the other day for XO 19 covering a lot of games and stuff like that. And I mean, it
2: all stems from our love of halo.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, when you look at that, like it's, it's interesting to see the, the impact it's had. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to get too further into like this topic, but like just seeing where the hype went for halo two and three and just the product placement and just the, the culture effect that it had on the gaming industry, but how it trickled out, into just real life you know where people who didn't play video games just were hearing about it and they knew of this game being a big deal
2: yeah it's, it's crazy to me that um you know steve down said he didn't even realize that halo was that popular
1: till halo 2 like he just he's uh, yeah he said i get that. that yeah i mean it's ridiculous in one sense from our position but i can i guess i can kind of see that just because like he just thought he went
2: and got paid to record some lines you know but because he was more like doing his broadcasting and stuff but, uh, no, to bring it back to a final conclusion, um, the Xbox was an awesome system. It was cool. It didn't have the greatest library of games, but it had amazing experiences. Um, I never personally used the Duke controller. I've used it, like, in my life, but I never had it. One of it. my favorites. I love it. Hit
1: me up if you like that controller
2: because I freaking love that thing. Did you, did you when you got your first Xbox, did it have a Duke controller?
1: Yes. Okay, that's cool. I played man. through Halo CE with the Duke wow, controller. That, I, I, I I'm love obvious. it. That's awesome. Yeah. I did
2: not. When I got my Xbox, it already had moved on past the Duke controller. Um, but anyways, I would, uh, if I would rank it as one of my favorite game systems of all time, it's because of the experiences, not because of its library. I actually would I think the 360 has an infinitely, infinitely better library and infinitely more better experiences on it. But uh, yeah, uh, happy birthday to Halo 1. It was a great game. It's still a great game. It holds up. I think the, uh, the the standard graphics hold up better than the anniversary, oddly enough, even mm-hmm. though I like the anniversary graphics, mm-hmm. and um, I'm still playing it to this day, and I, I, I'm sure I'll be playing it to the day I die.
1: Um, love the original Xbox. Final thoughts, Josh? Uh, yeah, just uh, on the multiplayer side, not a big fan of it personally, and uh, I can see why people do love it. Like I said before, personally, I just it all always comes down to the pistol and the honestly the main reason i really got into halo multiplayer was because of the balanced weapon starts and you're actually pushing for power weapons when you have that pistol you don't need any other weapon so yep for that reason it's one of my least favorites but i can see why people love it and it is still fun like the The most ridiculous fun I get out of the multiplayer is how easy it is to run your teammates over in a warthog. You can literally just bump them, just tap, just a little, yeah, little, little butt tap, poof, and, and they're like, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, ah, and it's over. So, yeah, and then you get kicked from the game. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, uh, no, uh, you know, like you said, happy birthday to uh, Halo. Like, I love that experience. That was, uh, it, it changed my life. It was so profound for me at the time. I think it was. It might have actually been one of the first person, first first person shooters games I had played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had great experience with that. I don't personally like the anniversary touches as much, and we'll get into that at a later date because that's a whole other story. But um, I still think it's cool that it got it, and it really goes to show the popularity of that game. So, but uh, yeah. So moving forward, uh, the big deal, the biggest thing, which we want to talk about and really want to go at length on is that, yeah, so Halo Reach, guys. It's coming December 3rd, and uh, it is the 16th right now, so that's just under three weeks it's going to be coming to console and PC. Uh, I'm looking right now on the Xbox website, and you can actually pre-order Halo Reach for the Xbox at least um, for nine ninety nine. Now, if you have Game Pass, that's going to be completely free, but uh, if, you know, for whatever reason you want to own it like Brian and I because we just prefer to own this stuff, then, uh, then yeah, you know, uh, it's up there, so... The multiplayer is free regardless if you have Game Pass or anything. It's free no matter what. Which is so cool. How about that? Uh, But, yeah, so basically what happened is just to kind of do a quick recap. Like, uh, was it it yesterday? No, it was yesterday. Two two days. Two days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so two days ago, yeah, it just uh, this kind of like scuttlebutt on the Internet was that it was going to drop that day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was the XO19 event. Brian and I were just deciding, like, we really want to watch that to see if it's there. And then they actually like released a photo of what games were gonna like some of the big games that were gonna be shown. Halo Reach is there. Then the website started advertising some new information about it. So we just decided, like, we're gonna do an episode on that. Which you can go back in the archives and look at. But uh, to the point Yeah, so we watch it and yeah, it's revealed that it's December third, which is surreal in a way, because I A part of me really wasn't expecting it at this point to come out this year. So chat me up about that. I mean, where were you kind of at prior to that announcement?
2: Well, uh, I mean, the thing we all know is that MCC came out so broken that when they decided they were going to add Halo Reach to it. Because here's here's the thing. So MCC came out so broken, and then they eventually added ODST, but they only added ODST's campaign, which doesn't affect the networking code at all. Uh, So for them to announce that, that this one this product that at one point did not work at all, they were going to add an entirely new multiplayer experience with an entirely new engine and entirely new networking. They were going to add that into the mix. That's kind of a really scary thing to do because it took them this many years just to get the game working. Um, so when they announced that, they they purposefully and, and, and smartly said that they were going to take their time making sure that they got it working and doing flights before they released it. So... Um, all year long, they've been talking about it. They've been doing flights. Um, I I think they said for sure it was going to come out this year originally, and it obviously it is coming out now, December third. Um, but what was kind of making me um, skeptical of it coming out was was recently. I think Josh, you were about to touch on this. Is recently somebody had mentioned that there was still issues,
1: like serious issues, with the game on PC. Is that correct? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it was at the Twitch Rivals event that they did, and I know popular streamer Summit1G was very frustrated because of some of the keyboard and mouse issues. Now that stream was, I think if I'm not mistaken, specifically PC only. So it sounds like the console mm-hmm. version is like, it's top, been ahead for know? a while. It's been ahead. For yeah, a while. exactly. So, but I know he was very frustrated and I saw a lot in the community who was just felt some frustration, especially over the flights and stuff. And and one thing I wanted to touch on, cause it, it, it's, it's a little negative of a topic, but I want to kind of bring it back to a lot of the positiveness of it. Cause, uh, this is crazy, exciting. But uh, so today, uh, the sixteenth. I'm sorry, yesterday on the being the fifteenth, uh, three four three published a flight update report and um, a couple of things that they just kind of highlighted were some of the things that they're going to be fixing, um, like push to talk, some VSync issues, getting stuck in the menus. I'm seeing input delay issues, controller aim assist on PC, uh, some concerns about frame rate being locked at sixty frames per second. Uh, audio issues, server latency issues, and stuff like that. But what this all seems like is this is more like you guys. if you guys want to check that out, by the way, just you know, go to halowaypoint.com and you'll be able to see some of that stuff on there. But um, just to kind of skim over it all, it definitely seems like this is all toward the PC side. And you know, the one thing that kind of has me a bit cautiously excited, even though I am hyped, is. They said for the longest time, correct me if I'm wrong, they were using the line, you know, it'll be ready when it's ready, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the whole MCC thing. They don't want to make that mistake again. However, it seems like this coming out, all of a sudden having a date doesn't seem ready just it, it doesn't seem ready and it sounds like a lot of these fixes that they're talking about are gonna be coming post launch so chat me up about that Brian I mean what's how are you looking at this how are you feeling about there's the only
2: only positive thing I can say on that is that uh, Frank O'Connor said like yesterday or a day ago that the the version in question that there's problems with is several is that flight is several editions of the game old several builds old. So he said that the build that they're currently on internally is already several steps ahead of the one that people are complaining about. And if there's still that makes
1: un- sense, you, that's usually the case with betas too. Yeah, and
2: general. if there's still another build or two coming before launch, then we'll probably be fine. Um, I have to believe that if there's any serious serious issues, three four three would not make that mistake again. And I, if you think about it, if the game launches on PC and it works fully and, and matchmaking works fully, and the only problems are a few little like. Maybe like little tiny things like hit detection or, or mouse movement, which don't get me wrong, I know for some people, like really that is huge, but on another hand, like it's still fully playable and usable. Um, so I think I think it'll be fine. I don't think they're going to make, I think ultimately December 3rd, everyone's going to be more or less happy. I definitely think there's less to worry about on the Xbox uh, version of that, but um, I just thought, I thought it was really cool. I was going to say, I thought it was really cool how like at the XO 19, the way they kind of presented it, Halo Reach, was like, this classic Halo game that that starts the whole story, and I was like, I mean, that is true, and we've always known that, but it's like to have it pitched like to me, it's not a classic, it because it doesn't like it is classic in the sense of like it's awesome. But no, like, I agree, I
1: don't look at it as a classic in this. Like if you said is a old. classic, I'm like yes, but not. I don't look at it in the same. No, video, it seems new it, so seems new. it new
2: still. Not to mention with the with the new resolution upgrades and the 60 frames a second, it, it looks relatively like a fresh ex, fresh experience. Shiny. Um, but they mark it as a classic, and they kind of talk about as like it's the start to your Halo journey. And um, for PC players, if you've never played Halo at this point, you're going to start. I mean, Reach will be your first Halo you're playing, and, and it is canonically the first, um, which I think it will feel really odd to go into Halo 1 for the first time ever after that, if you are that kind of person. But uh, I just thought it was really cool that they, they kind of gave it its whole section at XO19, and, and they, uh, they really made a, a big deal out of it. And uh, like I told Josh, it kind of feels like we're getting a pseudo-Halo release this year, a uh, year before Halo Infinite. So I think Reach is one of my favorite multiplayers because I'm a casual. I know it's not the most competitive, um, but it's going to be awesome to have this quote-unquote quote um, new Halo experience to carry us for the next year. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Um, Josh, why don't you go ahead
1: and uh, share like your first experiences with Halo Reach uh, before I do? yeah uh yeah because you definitely got a lot more nostalgia attached to it so I definitely want to hear that uh yeah so guys I at that point in time what what month was it that it came out do you remember the it came release? out September was it? Sept- it was September
2: of 2010 okay. but I don't know the date it was, was, was the twenty fifth. I think right? it was the 20th but it was September okay, so 2010. yeah
1: okay yeah so I just remember at that time. I was with my first girlfriend, so games definitely weren't on my mind at the time. And uh, I don't even think... Okay, now I had played the beta of it, okay? But I did not... I pretty much moved on after that. Just got into some other games and, yeah, started dating uh, my first girlfriend. And it just... The news of that, my attention toward it, my awareness fell by the wayside. Uh, but then one night at work I want to say it was about a week or two after the game was out a coworker uh, asked me if I'd played it and I was like no but I said I love you know, I love the halo games and he's like you gotta play this one you know he's trying to sell me on it and he offers to uh, let me borrow it and I'm like uh, okay uh, I'm normally someone who doesn't like to take like borrow things from people for some reason I, I mean I get you that. know I, I feel like I feel like I, I'm on this like time span so I feel bad like I feel guilty like having it but anyway, uh, yeah, I played it. I went home that night and I played like the first, I think, two missions. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Uh, because I didn't, I didn't really know going in. I didn't grasp the whole, oh, it's a prequel. I didn't grasp, you know, you're not playing as chief. Like, you made your own guy and he's in the cutscene. And I was like, whoa, it's got like, it, it's got like a created character kind of thing going on, you know? And it was just, it was a bit surreal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I didn't really play the multiplayer too, too much until, uh, just here and there with Brian, honestly, and his brother and uh, my cousin and just a couple of us would, would kind of get together and play some of that. And by the time I had really played that, uh, I, I want you to definitely mention this at some point, but just to summarize, uh, a lot of the maps had in the playlists had been, had become forged maps. Yep. So I didn't really get to experience yeah. the breadth of original maps yep. and, so, what I have played, I've I've always liked it. Like, I love the DMR. It's one of my favorite weapons in all of Halo. I absolutely love the DMR, and it was introduced in that. So, uh, just to bring it back on the main campaign side, love that experience. The ending just blew my mind, and I, I remember when it ended, and you have that thank you notice from Bungie. I remember reading that, and I was like, uh, okay. I was <laughs> like, you're welcome. Like you're gonna be making Halo forever, right? Out. Yeah, I literally, I, I did not know. You know, I didn't know. So that was looking back. I'm like, oh Josh, you're just an idiot. <laughs> but but yeah, like I remember just not realizing that and not piecing it together, uh, but being blown away. And to this day, uh, that's probably my second favorite campaign. I love Halo Reach's story. It's the great great thing about it. Honestly, if I was trying to sell someone on it, is that. You know the story isn't going to end well, and you know how it ends, but it's getting there and seeing how you, how it just slowly develops, how it slowly goes downhill. Yeah. You know, it's that it's getting that experience that makes it this um depressing train wreck that you sort of can't look away from. You know, and maybe that's too strong of words to use for that, mm-hmm. but you understand what I'm saying, right, Brian?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know it. At the time, this movie didn't exist, but for me, Rogue One is the – is the Star Wars Rogue One is the film yes. of Halo Reach. You said that, yes.
1: Oh, that's my God. I'm so glad you agree with me because yeah. I remember thinking that too. I was like, this reminds me so much of Halo Reach. Everyone died. Like I know this is completely ridiculous, but part of me is like they looked
2: at Halo Reach for inspiration for Star Wars Rogue One. You never know. I know. I mean, that's, a, that's a cool thought. Uh, they're both really, really good at doing the same thing. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, before I get into my personal experience, I'll say – it was so unfortunate the Forge mode for Halo Reach because you know for, Forge mode in Halo Three was was awesome, but it was limited. So then for Halo Reach, they're like, let's go ahead and make it so you can like really build full maps with like actual map pieces, ramps and walls and ceilings and whatnot. But like Josh said, it got to the point where they started incorporating all these Forge maps into the matchmaking to where the really authentic, really well designed, great aesthetically pleasing maps were, were that was only one third of one to one third to a half of the experience. And oftentimes in matchmaking, you got stuck in forge worlds. And for me, it got to the point where it was like, if a forge world got loaded up, I wanted to just back out and quit. I'm tired of doing forge. They all look, it doesn't matter how much different the levels are. They all look exactly the same. And that kind of echoes what Josh says about like Halo five. And so many of the maps have this UNSC aesthetic. It's even worse than that because at least there's an
1: aesthetic and Halo 5 and the yeah, Reach all just, gray yeah and if I can just cut in for a second sorry I, I do want to add that Halo 5 started to, to do the same thing I don't know if Halo 4 did oh Forge but Halo yeah. 5 did the same thing with Forge where oh, like I, I was on it. that the other day and there's a lot of maps now when it came out when Halo 5 came out I think they did already have two Forge maps and I loved yeah. the design of them but I remember like Pegasus I think and there was another one yeah. I actually enjoyed those maps but the difference being I didn't like the bland template you know, I don't want that personally in my matchmaking. Yeah, I, I like, I like the. That's one of my favorite things about multiplayer. That's part of the reason I enjoy it more on top of the competitive side. It's just that a lot of the levels tend to feel in universe. You know, and they have this theme, and they, they even said that when they designed, I think when they were working on the truth. You know, the remake of Midship on the uh, Sprint series for Halo Five is that they wanted it to feel like it existed within the universe. But, uh, but yeah, so Halo Reach is. I'll, I'll come back around i'm sure but i love that game so much dude i uh, but over to you brian why don't you chat me up so much about this because i love everything you have to say see, about uh, this stuff
2: one last thing on forge i'll say is and and anybody who's a real forger who loves forge mode will absolutely hate this opinion because it is wrong i actually think my opinion i was
1: gonna say wrong. most people love Forge um, and halo
2: um, i know i love well i love ford uh, well i love forge in general but I would say that the, the the Forge community, their favorite Forge is Halo 5, because Halo 5 has way more options, it's way more detailed, and you can do it on PC. Um, so, Halo 5 Forge is really, really good, but um, I, I if I was in charge, I would make it, I would give developers, I would give Forgers the tools to make the aesthetic quality of regular maps, I don't know if that's even possible, and I would not allow the maps to be put in the rotation on matchmaking unless they're as aesthetically pleasing as they are well-designed. That's what I would do. Um, but I will say... Uh, Were it so easy. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts on Forge. My favorite Forge is Halo 3. And that's because it's so simple that I can just go in there and play around with it as a fun mode. Like Josh and I could like put a bunch of fusion cores together and launch ourselves from it or just, just have fun. It's simple. It's easy. It's not near as good. It's objectively the worst but that's the one I enjoy the most. But anyways, back to Halo Reach. So Halo Reach, I was unusually I was I was so hyped for this game. So in 2007 when Halo 3 came out, that was the most I was ever ever hyped, period. Ever hyped for Halo. Um, but after Halo 3 came out, I kind of thought, you know, I kind of thought, well, we're just we're just kind of done here. But then, then when they announced Halo Reach as this full like campaign experience, and I also thought it was going to tie into the book, which was really good a lot. Uh, it doesn't tie into the book as much as you'd like. That's one of the complaints with it. But, uh, but anyways, uh, so Halo Reach when it was approaching its launch, it was 2010, and I had graduated high school in 2010, August of 2010. No, not August. That doesn't make no sense. May 2010.
0: That doesn't make uh, no sense. That makes no sense. Uh,
2: um, Continue. But um, so I started college in August of 2010, and I. Now let me let me preface by saying that I was never good in school. I never applied myself. I never cared. I never studied. I often didn't turn in homework. I hated school. So when I started college, I gave it the old college try for about three weeks before I decided to spend every class on the bungie.org forums. <laughs> uh, so every time I come into class, I would just get on the forums and just talk with people about Halo Reach. Get hyped about Halo Reach. Look up news about Halo Reach. And I would do that for half the class, and then I'd leave early and go get food.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't even. I would do nothing. <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah, I just completely, completely blew off college. And um, well, I think that was immature, not a good decision. I don't regret it because I hate college. I hate school. Never went back. Don't plan to. Awesome. Um, judge me all you want. Um, but so basically, I spent all uh, all day in class um, browsing Halo Reach and stuff. And so it's really it was finally getting time. It was about to launch and. My friend Justin, who is also Josh's friend and cousin at the time, uh, I was hanging out with him, um, had not met Josh yet. This was 2010. It was one less than a year before I met Josh, and uh, um, I
1: really sold... I'm going to tell the story? I think you're going to... I'm going to tell it all.
2: Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to shut up. Uh, <laughs> so... I really tried to sell Justin on Halo Reach because at the time Justin was just kind of uninterested in Halo, and I, I I finally I built up enough hype. I got him worked up, so I got I convinced him to call in from work to come with me to the Halo Reach midnight launch, and uh, so we went to Halo Halo Reach midnight launch. You know, horrible example here. I'm I'm shirking my school duties. I'm convincing someone to call in to work, and we go to the launch line, and there's tons of people, and we're chilling there, and we're waiting for the game. He's called off work, and uh, finally we get the game. So hyped, we both have a copy in our hands, and he's like, "You know what? Let's go. Let's go ahead and go over to Wendy's. I'm hungry. Let's let's go over to Wendy's." And I'm like, uh, "I'm not that. I mean, he's like, what he like, dude, dude. He's like, you want something? You want something at Wendy's?'" I'm like, uh, no, nah, it's fine." He's like, "No, go ahead, man. I'll I'll buy. I'll buy whatever you want. You want a burger or something?" I'm like, "Oh, dude, that's so nice. That's cool. Okay, yeah, I'll take will take a baconator." So we go through the drive-through, and he buys himself. A full meal, and he buys me just a baconator sandwich. So he's eating in the car on our way home, and I'm gonna wait till we get back uh, to 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 eat. And uh, so we get back to his apartment, and we're we're setting up, we're putting Halo Reach in and everything. And I go to grab the burger, and he steps in front of me, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the the, the burger." He's like, "Well, I just finished mine, and I'm really still hungry." I'm like, "So?" And he's like, "I kind of want that." I'm like, dude, you already ate your burger and you bought you offered to buy me one. I'm I was gonna eat it. And he's like, Yeah, but I'm I'm still really hungry. I I'd like to eat that. And I'm like, I don't care if you'd like to eat
0: that. <laughs> you bought this burger for me.
2: I want this. And he's like, I uh, I think I'm gonna and he kinda just approaches, he's just kind of slightly like walks up to the sandwich and he starts to put his hand towards it. He's like, I th- I think I'm gonna eat it. And I'm like, I kind of look at him, I stare at him, I stare at the burger. And I just grabbed the burger and started eating it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like if Justin was on the show, he would have a completely and, different taste. Oh, his, yeah. He'd say the From notices, his perspective. Yeah, probably.
2: And he looks at me and he goes, you're an asshole. Which is fair. He looks at me and he goes, you're an asshole as I'm eating this burger that he offered to buy for me and I ate. <laughs> After he ate an entire burger and a large fry. So I'm like, I'm not an asshole, dude. You offer this to me and he was so he was pissed. So that was the beginning of our Halo Reach experience was me eating the burger that I was promised.
1: Okay, um, two questions coming to yeah, mind yeah, for yeah. That, if I can just chime in real quick. One, uh, when Justin got to the point where he's in the midnight line with you or whatever, like was he at that point actually genuinely excited for the game? And for two <laughs> was how was how the tension in the room after the burger was ingested by you <laughs> it, it was not good the tension was not good um,
2: he had limited hype <laughs> he had limited hype for halo but just enough to call okay. in okay and uh but yeah he got he was rather salty when I ate the burger the, it just it still blows my mind to this day I'm like I didn't even ask for it he offered it and then when I wanted to eat it he looked at me like I was stealing from him <laughs>
1: I feel like if he was listening to this episode right now, he'd be like, no, that's not oh, how it yeah, went. Yeah, <laughs>
0: he, he would say none of this is true.
1: He, <laughs> Which, again, yeah, is fair. You, yeah, you guys yeah, both two have your respect every story, this, but it's just, um, it's, just funny, it's
2: just funny listening. <laughs> It'd be it's great if great he was great. listening to this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyways, after the burger fiasco was taken care of, uh, he's out in the living room uh, with his TV and Xbox, and uh, he starts playing Halo Reach, and I'm in the kitchen with my TV and Xbox. We're right at his place. <laughs> And uh, we're we're in the kitchen, the place of the incident where the burger was challenged. Um, <laughs> and I, I think he takes longer to get set up, so I start playing Halo Reach, and so immediately the game starts up. You know, the the at the, the time I'm like, these graphics are amazing. They had this very Halo Reach's graphics looked much more realistic than Halo Three. Would you say that's fair, Josh? Yeah, they look more realistic. It, um, it feels
1: similar, but like in the in a more realistic. Yeah, place. it's more yeah.
2: gritty. It's more you know war torn. Um, started up and everything, and one of these things that—and I don't know how to properly—I'm sure there's, like, an internal word they use for it. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, one of these things they introduced in ODST—and, Josh, chime in if you can help me explain what this is. But, like, they started to do cutscenes in first person. So, like— Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yep. the first time you ever see it is in ODST when um, you're, you're the rookie, and uh, Romeo's like—I think it's Romeo. He's like, wake up, buttercup. You know, it pays to be the strong silent type, and he like he like melees you like lightly with the SMG, and like in first person gameplay almost, you kind of move around and everything. So, for the first time in Halo and ODST, you'd have these cutscenes from a first person perspective. It, it made it made for a really cool presentation. So, by the time they got to Halo Reach, they had implemented this fully, and I I remember the first time that I was truly blown away by Halo Reach was the first mission of the game. When you discover that guy that's dead on the floor, and then um, that elite with the sword drops down, and it's like it starts playing this music. It's like and starts playing this music and then suddenly yep. like we're taking fire and then like you see some people shooting and then like suddenly you fall on the ground and this elite in first person like gets on top of you and like opens his mandibles and like screams at you and then you like punch him and stab him in the face or something and then it's in like first person and you see two two elites take like a a prisoner and kind of back out of the room and like you're walking towards them with your gun up and i'm like i'm just in shock i'm like this is amazing like even though this is a prequel and it doesn't have the stakes of Halo 3 like there was never this level of presentation in the cutscenes until Halo Can Reach. I so,
1: ask you real quick. I don't mean to go back to this, but I do have to ask. You said you like you mentioned you started playing you got everything set up before him. Were you guys playing in co-op or were you No, we were playing
2: separately. Oh, dude, thank you for reminding me. I had recently purchased the slim model of the Xbox that did not come with an internal hard drive. It had the flash memory, and Halo Reach would not allow you to do co-op with that with a flash memory. Did you know that? Did course? not know that. We were going to co op it. Oh. So we had to play separately because I had flash memory. So oh, I eventually man. went and bought I didn't a. Know that yeah, actually. I eventually had to go buy an internal hard drive. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just blown away by that moment. And it was kind of cool because even though I'm way more hyped than Justin is, um, like I'm a whole mission ahead of him. And I can see over the countertop of the kitchen, he gets to that mission and that part's happening. When that cutscene's over with, he kind of just takes off. He has headphones on. He kind of just takes off his headphones. He turns back around to me and he goes, and he kind of just has this glare on his face, like, dude, that was badass. You know, like, wow, that was awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. we were both totally, totally digging it. Um, I played like four, five, six missions of the game, and at that point it was seven in the morning, and I had to go to college. I never went to sleep. What time? Oh my god. Yeah, I had to go. I had to leave from playing the game to go to college. <sighs> um, so Brutal. I went to co- I went to school. I was completely exhausted and didn't pay any attention, spent the whole time on Halo Reach forums. And then I came right back to Justin's and continued playing until I beat the campaign. And, uh, I love the experience. I, I, even though I had some minor issues with the, like it didn't line up with the three, four, three or, um, why did I say three, four, three? It didn't line up with the Halo fall of reach book. Um, which, you know, normally I wouldn't be a stickler on that, but like they were both established canon and it directly conflicted with each other. Um, so that was kind of irritating, but like, man, the whole experience, the whole way through was awesome. The characters were purposely not developed, uh, much like Rogue One, and uh, but they still resonated with me. Um, I loved I loved the—I uh, personally, at the time—I still kind of do. I think it's good that they've been removed, but I love the armor abilities. Um, I love the presentation. I loved that scene where George
1: picks you up and throws you out of the yeah. spaceship.
2: I was just like, this game is masterful
1: that's when i really felt the weight of that yeah because you're like a way i don't think i'd felt another yeah, halo because not, then, not a knock against
2: yeah me. because then
1: after that after that george spartan two he
2: sacrifices himself to blow up this giant ship and immediately after like 32 more of those ships come into orbit and it's like george just gave his life for almost nothing um so uh and i remember reach, george was like it's okay reach has been good to me and i'm like man i'm like this just got the feels like this is so good um But and then ultimately, as you know, it culminates in that Pillar of Autumn episode or uh, level where you are kind of like defending the Pillar of Autumn and you get to see keys. When I got to see keys in new graphics, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they brought keys back. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, I thought for sure they'd leave him in Halo one, but to get to see keys again. And then I'm thinking like, man, how is how is Noble Six going to like how are they going to play him off in the story? But he decides to decline and stay behind and I remember when the game finished and the cutscenes rolled and like Josh said it was like Bungie's like thank you for joining with us in this new adventure and we'll see you star side and I was like man you know I love Halo dude like Halo's so good and this is great and then the, cut, the credits roll and then suddenly it goes back into gameplay and I'm literally in shock I'm like cause I'm like I'm wondering like okay now I gotta go and uh, I gotta go play Legendary so I can see the Legendary ending but I'm on heroic and suddenly I'm back in gameplay and I'm like what is this and it just says survive and I'm like Survive! I'm like, oh, my. They're doing it, aren't they? They're actually going to have us fight endlessly until the planet's overtaken. And now most people were probably like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a badass. I'm going to fight everyone off of me. I just run into enemy fire. I let them kill me because I want to see how it plays out so badly. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just go get myself killed. I don't even care. Uh, And then I see the visor crack, and I'm like, oh, my. What is happening? Oh, my. Visor cracks. And then suddenly I get down and it shows that cutscene of me like fighting everyone off. And then suddenly we die. And and I'm like, oh man, that, that beats. Like there is no legendary ending to Halo Reach. And every mode gets that level. But that is the best legendary ending of the game. That is the best legendary ending in Halo if you ask me. Um, and uh, when that ended, then it kind of plays that little cutscene of like. Uh, I think I wasn't sure at the time if it was Cortana or Halsey. But it was later confirmed it was Halsey. Halsey starts talking about, like, the sacrifices you've made, and um, it kind of shows the planet of Reach in its glassed form with your broken helmet on the ground, and then it kind of fast-forwards in time about, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I can't remember how long, and suddenly the planet's, like, green again and it's revegetated, and you see the ship off in the distance. And um, for me, for years, I thought to myself, I'm like, whoa, what's that ship? Like, when are we gonna get the game that talks about that ship that that's on the Halo Reach that's not glassed anymore? And I just found out this year from a Bungie employee. I don't know which one it was and no I can't link you to it because I have no idea where I found it, but it was actually a Bungie employee's Twitter. He said that I think it was Marcus Leto, the guy the the father of Master Chief, the guy who created him. He said that the intention was that cutscene was that due to what Master Chief and Arbiter and everyone had done in the original Halo trilogy, now enough time had passed that Reach had revegetated and due to due to your work that ship was just a ship landing with, like, citizens to repopulate Reach. That's it.
0: Simple but Whoa.
2: simple,
1: but cool, right? I didn't know that. Yeah,
2: that's it. Like, it's not, like, some new, like, plot line or, like, alien species. That's just a human ship. Like, they're just coming back to rebuild because of what Master Chief did. Like, he saved the universe. But, obviously, that's a little bit changed now because 343 is- continued Master Chief's story. Right, but but that is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's canon, so, like, that still actually does exist, but, like, for them, for Bungie, it was very much like a, you know, our story's done, our story's told. This is just, you know, due to what you did, like, Noble Team did, due to what Chief did, like, here you are, like, you know, the the Covenant's ended and the floods were were protected against the flood and we're rebuilding. Um, So, yeah, Halo Reach was a phenomenal experience. Um, In my opinion, I think every, well, how do I want to put this? Every mainline Halo game, I'm not trying to be mean here. Every mainline Halo game except five, I think, if someone said that's their favorite game, it's really five. It hey! Yeah. I think I can completely understand. It hurts. I can completely understand anyone saying their favorite favorite Halo is any Halo game except for Five. Now, don't get me wrong, if your favorite game is Halo 5, I don't actually think that your opinions matters less or that you're uncredible. I just literally cannot, as a campaign. Like if you're saying multiplayer, I get that. But like as a campaign, I cannot get my mind to real to, to wrap around why that's a favorite. But I do completely respect that opinion. I think that's fair still. Um, but for me, like if anyone says, "Oh, my favorite Halo is one. My favorite Halo is three. ODST, Reach, um, four. All of those, I get it. I see where the value is in those things." Um, so Halo Reach, that game was phenomenal. I loved it. I could see that being people's favorite. Um, for me, and this is going to kind of segue into a, a, a discussion I think that Josh and I might have. Um, for me, Halo, Halo Reach is my least favorite Bungie campaign. And that's not because there's anything bad about it or because there's anything wrong with it. Halo Reach is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite games of all time. But uh, Halo 1, 2, and 3 get the top three spots for me because it is the, is the main story. It's, it's the Master Chief's journey. A lot happens in those games. Those are the top three. And then number four for me is ODST. Um, I love ODST because of the, the the new characters, the character interactions, the more human vibe to it, the atmosphere, the music. Um, I think Buck, Buck's one of the most beloved characters in Halo. I think that doesn't get said enough, but he is. Um, Buck is awesome. I love ODST's like, human story and human representation. Also... I feel like Halo 1, 2, 3 and ODST, they all have this kind of flow. They all kind of seem like they fit. And even though Reach does fit, don't get me wrong, Reach feels like a different product kind of. Like,
1: Just gonna... yeah,
2: like, so people say like, oh, three four three 343 changed the aesthetic. 343 changed the lore. 343 Halo doesn't feel like Halo. But really, Reach feels considerably different from the Halos prior. And Reach, I would say Reach feels different from Bungie's Halos. I would say Reach feels different from 343's Halos. And actually, there was plenty of people who said Reach didn't feel like Halo before 343 even made a game. People said that. So for me, ODST goes above Reach um, because I like the characters, I like the, I like the feel of it, I like the atmosphere. I think Reach is my least favorite Bungie game. Still an amazing game. Um, I would say, I mean, I would definitely say ODST is a is a full campaign,
1: wouldn't you, Josh? No. What do you mean? What do you mean, no? Okay. So we, we were talking about this recently. I look at ODST, and considering it was originally branded as Recon, and it was kind of poised as this expansion, in a sense. And then they were like, okay, we're going to release a $60 product. Like, to be fair, that's my, more Microsoft's end. But I look at that game, the campaign specifically. And I look at maybe a five-hour game. I think six. I feel like if it's if it's stretched a bit, like if, if you're if you're kind of like excluding time out of the hub that you you know uh, in the like metropolis area and stuff like that, uh, it was like a five-hour game. But you know, I know Brian disagrees. But I look at Halo Four. This is where that conversation kind of happened. I look at Halo Four, and I when I played Halo Four for the first time, excluding. I, actually, at the time, I hadn't beaten ODST. I hadn't beaten that. So at the time, I looked at that, and I felt it was the shortest of Halo campaigns. I look at Halo 4 as about an eight-hour campaign. I look at ODST as about a five-hour, possibly six. And I still do to this day. However, it's Halo 3 ODST. So I feel, even though chronologically it takes place after you know, the Mombasa stuff in Halo 2, it feels very much like an expansion. I don't and it's not an insult when I do say that. Like let me be clear. Like I don't at all mean that as a slight to the game. If people I know a lot of people out there love ODST and they rank that as their favorite. There is a community for that for sure. So I don't want to slight that. But yeah, I mean every time I okay. <clears throat> I'll just say this. I'm going to pass it over to you cuz I want to I do want to pick your brain a little bit more on that, but when I look at that game, the reason why I feel that way is because There's about a handful of missions in which you're trying to get back to your crew, and each mission you get to learn about a crew member. And by the end of that mission, I'm like, okay, I like this person. You know, like you start off with everyone together, and then the game's like, hold on, let's wait and let's let's flush these guys out, so that you know narratively they kind of give us this exposition of these guys. And then at the very end, you all link up, and Right as soon as you do, the game's over. Like, I mean, yeah, you have that final mission with them, but it's over after that. And for me, it just feels weird. Like, I think in terms of the pacing, <clears throat> excuse me, it's great. But it left me wanting more. And I don't think that's uh <clears throat> Pardon me. I don't think that's a slight to what's already there. It just feels... Uh, what's the word for it? I just feel... I don't know, it it just feels like under like underwhelming in a way because like I love it. I love the story and I love the characters. When I'm playing it, I'm having a good time. But then I feel kind of like cheapened out of a full proper story. Like I wanted to have a few more missions with these guys now that I knew them and we're all together and I'm the rookie and I'm with these guys. Like I wanted to have a little bit more to that. And I think the final level as it is is fantastic, but it basically exists as a firefight mission, you know, more or less. And Again, that's not a slight to it. It's not a slight to the game. It just feels like an expansion because of that, yeah, you know. And and so I don't. I think, again, I,
2: I think it's fair. Like for Josh, I think it's very fair. Let's let's be honest here. The game was released was announced as Halo Three Recon, an expansion to Halo Three. The game was always intended to be an expansion, and for all uh, purposes, it doesn't have its own multiplayer mode. It came with a multiplayer disc for Halo Three. It comes with Firefight, which is an additional awesome mode, but it just has a short campaign. And by all for all intents and purposes, it is an expansion to Halo 3, but they decided to call it ODST because of a branding mistake. And Microsoft wanted to sell it as a full $60 title. So on that on that hand, like the only thing that's that's keeping Josh from being objectively right is the fact that it doesn't say expansion on the box. So in that regard, I have to say I, I give Josh the the credit of that. It is it is an expansion through and through, but on the on the uh, if your argument is based on its length, um, it's not a, a full Halo campaign. Then I would say he's incorrect only because I got Halo Four at launch and I beat it in five and a half hours on normal mode, and I wasn't trying to go for a speedrun, run. I was just playing normally on normal mode for sure. But uh, and I, I feel like so I beat Halo Four in five and a half hours. I feel like ODST takes it about the same length of time. Um, and you definitely have to count like I wouldn't count like wandering around the hub world towards Halo ODS 3 ODSt's time, but I would count the going to each article that shows you a, a mission of a character that does count because that's obviously required for the campaign, making it from
1: point A to point B. I, I, if you wander around in the hub world forever that, that's not
2: fair. that's inflating the
1: game. but but anyways, yeah, and I also don't count to be fair. I don't, I don't count the uh, the audio files. Yeah, yeah, cool. you know, I don't I count don't. those either. I mean, I, those are cool. You, we, great, we don't count the Terminal for Halo Four,
2: so right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would say, uh, I mean, ODST is a great game, but I think it's interesting for anyone, you know, any listeners we have on here. I'm sure if you, you saw on the Twitter, um, I made a post. Uh, we we made a post about the um, if you could remove one Halo game from existence, and you get to keep all your memories of it. Which one would you choose? And uh, it's very clear. Like Some of you may say, oh, it's definitely Halo 5. Halo 5 probably was the leader, but ODST came remarkably close to Halo 5. A lot of people said they removed ODST for several reasons. One, because uh, it's it's not the most important story, because it's shorter, uh, because not as much happens in it. Um, a lot of people just... ODST is up there with Halo 5. And I would say the ones that were mentioned the most would have been Halo 5, then ODST, then probably Halo 4, then Reach. Um, almost no one said Halo 1 and 3. A couple people said Halo 2. But mainly, um... Really? Yeah. But mainly, uh, Halo, Halo 5 and ODST were the, the contenders. So, Josh is not alone in his thoughts on that. ODST is probably yeah. one of the, the least favorite, um, despite it being good. Um, but one other thing that Josh said that I kinda, I kinda, I just remembered, um, one of the things that makes, and I will give 343 the up on this. Um, one of the things I did not like in ODST and Reach that they never did in Halo 1 through 3 is, and Josh already said this, ODST uses firefight maps in the
1: campaign as levels, which felt a, always felt a little cheap to me. Does it? Because, well, when I mention that, I guess what I mean is is that the last mission just feels like no, the firefight mode is. Literally
2: all the firefight maps are in the campaign. Okay. So, and then you get to Halo Reach, and all the multi most a lot of the multiplayer maps are in the campaign of Halo Reach, multiplayer and for and firefight maps. So, so like Bungie kind of had this record for for backtracking in their games. Every single Halo that Bungie made has, or one, two, and three at least has backtracking. But then when they got to ODST and and Reach, they put multiplayer levels in the campaign. I wasn't a huge fan of that, um, and I think we definitely need to give credit to to. Three Four Three, Halo 4 and 5 do not have anything like that. They do not have any backtracking. They don't have any Firefight or multiplayer maps in their campaigns. Everything is fully created new and special from beginning to end. So I actually, I like that trend. Like I would, that's something 3, 4, done. I would prefer they stick to. I'm not a backtrack hater or anything. And actually, I would, I would actually say I have zero problems with backtracking. I do have problems with Firefight and multiplayer maps being in the campaign. Um, so, but I would say Three Four Three is doing great with that. Stick with making new content all the way through. Um, yeah,
1: who's who was that guy you mentioned earlier that was sort of the the father of Master Chief? Marcus Leto. Yeah, I want to say it was him that once said that you know how tr- like difficult it was to sort of design some of those levels with multiplayer in mind and vice versa. And yeah, he, I said think did, he did say did work out. if they had to do it if they had to do it again, he don't know if he you don't know yeah. if they would have done that. Well,
2: because there's certain instances. I can't remember all the level names for Halo Reach that well, but I think it's the it's the level that, that harkens back to Truth and Reconciliation where you're with June and it's at nighttime. Oh, there's, so good. There, yeah, That's one of my favorites. It's a great level. So good. But there's a point where you get to a multiplayer map, and I can't remember the name. I think it's a like the powerhouse or something. It's a multiplayer map. But the campaign takes you right past that map, but it never requires you to go inside it in any way but you can. So for me, that always seemed really odd. Like you can run around the entire multiplayer map in that campaign level, but there's actually no story purpose to go back there. So it just feels like this big open dead design space for no reason. Really kind of weird. I thought, Um, but yeah, so anyways, can I, can I bring this back onto, uh, you know, reach coming out unless you had further
1: thoughts on that, particularly Josh, before I move on. No, I mean, you definitely make some, some good points on that stuff too. Uh, I think ODST, is a great game now it isn't it's kind of on the lower end of my favorite Mm -hmm. campaigns but i still very much enjoy because something you said uh that i just you hit the nail on the head i think is that because i've always said this halo one well okay i gotta correct myself i used to say that hey like basically all the Bungie games had this feel and humor and charm these sort of like for lack of a better word it kind of felt it had this cartoony like fun to it mm-hmm. if that makes sense just with, like Sergeant Johnson and just the sort of uh, this the the humor you know just the humor in general and uh, it didn't take itself too seriously however Brian once pointed out a long time ago that Halo Reach isn't really like that yeah. Halo Reach is much more serious has a much more serious like uh, flow to it you know it, it's got a less humor yeah I mean it's just yeah, yeah I mean the long and short of it is just that it's it's a de- it's definitely a different feel and it's for the last game I mean they really went out guns blazing and they tried a different flow to it and I, I do think it worked however yeah when I look at Halo 1 through 3 and ODST one of my favorite things about those games is the fact that they have that campy fun and charmer yep. like I think in Halo 3 you can go down I think in one of the I, I can't remember what's I think it's the second level I, I think it might be Crow's Nest I don't know but you go down in this one, like... Yeah, the two guys arguing? Yeah, and I love that. And I just think, like... And then I think about Reverse Blue and the the effect, you know, that had. Yeah. Just the, the culture, you know, that that Halo kind of uh, manifested and and uh, fostered. And, you know, uh, that was really from those games. I look at Halo Reach and I see a much more gritty, serious, uh, downhill adventure, and you, you can know? You
2: kind of see how, like... And you you kind of can't... You got to give 343 some slack there, like... Halo Reach their 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 plan was to make it more gritty, make it more serious. They did they wanted to make the Covenant seem more scary, so they made all the Covenant not talk again in Reach, um, mm-hmm. and so when when that's the game that Bungie left in three four three's hands, and I think three four three is kind of like you know they're looking at Bungie as the example, and they're like, do we? Do we continue forward on this path that Bungie's put us on, or do we try to like go back to their Halo trilogy or OG days? And I think they thought that the best thing to do is to evolve in the direction of Halo Reach um, by you know including sprint and armor abilities and more serious tone, having Covenant speak their own language. Um, and ultimately, as I think we've talked about on here before, that didn't prove to be the best idea because Halo started to evolve kind of laterally rather than forward. And uh, you saw that kind of come to come to its conclusive end in Halo 4 with a multiplayer that nobody really liked. Um, and then Halo 5 kind of reinvented the series, as Josh and I have talked about. Spiritually, Halo 5 is everything that Halo should be at its core moving forward. You mean with multiplayer? Multiplayer, multiplayer yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, guys, Halo Reach is coming to MCC December 3rd. That means we're now going to have every game like every mainline game except five in one collection and obviously five is already on the xbox one so we'll have every game you know re-released um on the xbox one it's come to think of it even spartan even halo wars was re-released in definitive edition on Xbox One. so we have every single halo game completely contemporary and updated except for halo spartan strike which is a pc
1: windows phone spinoff game that no one cares about anyways Okay, do you two questions come to mind? One regarding that, do you feel that's a little bit of a surprise that that hasn't been ported over yet? Um. Well, I think. I mean, it's. I probably sound biased, and that's because I am. I, I think that's a little bit. It's a, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 like
2: Spartan Assault, but but we reviewed even worse. Um, so, I, I don't. Know, I think they thought that. My guess, I really don't know, is that they thought it would cause more damage than good to bring it to. The xbox because i mean you know uh, what we, we we oftentimes in the gaming community we think that we're the status quo but we're not if i'm a kid who loves halo or an adult that loves halo and but gaming just very casual for me if i log on to my xbox and there's a new advertised halo game i might just buy it thinking that it's going to be certain having expectations that won't be met when i realize it's just a, a mobile phone game uh, plus it was it was marketed as a exclusive for the windows phone And the Windows Phone kind of doesn't exist anymore. So um, you can essentially play everything Halo-related, period, on the Xbox One except for Spartan Strike. Don't think anyone cares about
1: that. Which brings me to my second question I was going to ask. Do you feel like moving forward with Scarlet or potentially a a next console after that, do you ever feel like they're going to try to those or i guess well i mean what do you call it? remaster more or less you know for those consoles or do you do feel like they're just going to keep it as a service on game pass or on the cloud you know that kind of thing they'll keep like, it i think they'll keep it there i think you're going
2: to be able to fully own and play these halo games like i mean it's already confirmed all your games from halo from xbox one is going to be playable on scarlet so i think they're, they're definitely going to be constantly there but i do believe that they're going to make mcc itself a service going forward so um, I think there'll be continual updates. I mean, if we get to a point where... I mean, I can't predict where the future's going to go here. Right now, we're moving into 4K and 60 frames. But if for some reason there's some new big thing in gaming, like maybe 120 frames or something, I, I doubt that. But, like, if that became an industry standard, I think all the Halo games are going to get that update. I think that's going to be a, f- a service going forward. So if, if, 8K, yeah. if 8K is the standard in 2030, then I think the Master Chief Collection is going to be in 8K. They're just going to keep it current. Because at this point, like, they know... Like, the amount of people that buy an Xbox that also want Halo, they're so comparable that you just need to keep those games, all those games, with Xbox going forward forever. And they've put in the work now, so they Mm -hmm. might as well. Um, But it's just really cool to have this collection. I know, like Josh said before, when ODST was put on the MCC, it was like, okay, now Reach. Now there has to be, like, I know it's going to be hard, and we've waited years, but Reach has to be there. Um, And I love Reach's multiplayer more than the average Halo fan. It's my favorite after two, um, Josh and I are going to start playing it together on December 3rd. We're going to do campaign. We're going to do multiplayer. Um, all I can confirm is that we'll definitely incorporate our, our constant reach playing into podcasts. We might try to see if we can do some level of either a video or a stream. I don't know. We're just going to see what happens there, but we're definitely going to make that something we're really playing here and, uh oh yeah and we'll have a podcast definitely like going into depth probably more on Halo Reach's campaign and multiplayer and Josh is kind of newer to the experience it's not that he hasn't played it before but like multiplayer is going to be something that he can be a lot more analytical on than I can in, uh, in the next episodes with Reach because it's kind of a newer experience to him also we're going to get to play the DLC maps that pretty much no one got to play because it, they just got sent out to die that'll be awesome there's some cool multiplayer maps Interesting thing. First multiplayer map pack was made by Bungie. The second one was made by Three Four Three. So that's kind of neat. Uh, really? Yeah. I
1: did not know yep. that. So. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, Brian. How did that turn out? In your opinion, uh, in terms of just design. And I mean, flow? design
2: and flow uh, turned out really good. Also, Three Four Three made their map pack have a lot of story purposes. Um, I don't know if there's any way you're going to be able to see that, like in text in MCC. Probably not. But if you go online or whatever, like I can remember one of the DLCs that. That three four three released. You were on like a ship that Master Chief was supposedly like flying by or something, of that nature. Oh, so, that's cool. So yeah, they, yeah their I like map, that their stuff. map pack was good. It was just it was a failure in the terms of release because when the map pack came out, um, Halo Anniversary pretty much was just coming out, and then Halo Four was on its way. So the no like and back at that time, you had to buy the DLC map packs for fifteen dollars and it split the community because you could only play in the playlist that had the map pack, which they eventually learned from with Halo 5, and they made all maps for everyone, and then they tried to benefit off of microtransactions with the rec packs. Um, but Halo Reach, you know, I love its multiplayer. I love, like, the Spartans, are, they're smaller, and you can feel that in the gameplay. Um, I like the health packs. I like, I love the DMR, the way it feels in that game. is amazing. Um,
1: yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I know. Yeah, we're, we've definitely been talking about that, and we'd really like to stream it. We're not 100 percent yet if we're gonna do that, but that's definitely something uh, we're talking about doing. And I, for one, am super excited because I the last time Brian and I tried to play that uh, was through backwards compatibility. No, I think it was through the 360. But I know that we had some lag issues. Yeah, we had some like delay lag issues, and it we just we were like, yeah, we're not gonna do this. So, um, and I I love that campaign. And it's going to be so nice to get on the multiplayer side of things and really just dive in and see what that's like kind of without having a lot of the Forge stuff kind of trickle in. I mean, I, at least I feel like it's safe to assume that that's not going to be in the rotation. I would think they're smart enough to keep that first. out. Right. right. Or make and it a plus, separate you know, playlist.
2: How, how about that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I, I would be fine with that. It'd be nice to jump in and see what maps could be cool because there's people come up with some great... Designs and layouts, it's just the texture. And that's not their fault. The, you know. yeah. yeah, it's not their fault. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that, plus the, the experience system that they're bringing in and the, the armor unlocks and stuff for MCC. I just think that's so cool. And, I mean, it's going back to when, like Brian said, when ODST was announced to be coming to it, and I my first thought was, okay, now reach. Mm-hmm. I honestly never expected us to get the multiplayer as well. I just, I put that out of my mind. I thought, I just, I felt like that would have been... Now we got to get ODST Firefight, my favorite firefight. Love it. No, I agree. We should touch on that in a moment. But I will say first that, yeah, I really just expected the story. And honestly, I would have been fine with it. But I'm so grateful all the more Mm -hmm. that we are getting the multiplayer because... I did have fun when I played it. And I really liked it. Like, I can see why people don't. I think that's there. There are plenty of fair criticisms with it. Mm -hmm. However, it's just going to be fun. I can go on the MCC and I can play just about every Halo game except for 5's multiplayer. And if I want to play Halo 5's multiplayer, well, I can boot that up. You can even boot up from MCC now. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's insane, dude. But yeah, so uh, what do you think the chances are? Chat me up about this firefight from uh, ODST. I mean, really, realistically, I mean, we're getting Reach's firefight, so at this point, the only thing we're missing from the core experiences of the Bungie and 343 games yeah. is ODST's firefight. They've mentioned
2: it. They've mentioned it before that it's on their radar. I think it will happen. I would, If I had to place money, I would say it will happen. Um, it's just a matter of time. The engine's already there. The networking for that particular game is already—well, I mean, the networking's there for Halo 3— I can't confirm whether the networking for Halo Three and ODST are the same. If they're the same, it's already there. If it's different, then they got to add that in. But um, it'll be interesting doing flights for Halo Three ODST Firefight. That's just the weirdest thing. Um, but um, Halo Three Firefight is the only Firefight. Halo Three ODST Firefight is the only Firefight I like. Uh, my brother and I played that a ton. It, it has this very real survival feeling to it. Um, limited weapons and ammo. You're not a Spartan. It's great when you get to reach you play as spartans it doesn't have quite the same feel they added way too many different modes and things and there's way too many like variables was not nearly as good as in reach and i personally didn't care for spartan after war Warzone. so halo 3 i would say honestly the most memorable thing about halo 3 odst to me is my firefight experiences with my brother um it's so Pretty much cool fun. because i
1: never really played too much of that i did try it but i it's a blast uh, and I, I liked what i played but i didn't Really get that. Also, give us of- Sergeant Johnson as a playable character. He was a pre-order
2: bonus yeah. <laughs> that I do own, but it's only because I have the code for 360. So if you put it on, if you put that on uh, MCC, don't leave him out. You know, it's pretty cool. Uh,
1: yeah. But uh, I did want to ask you too, if we can reel it back a little bit. Um, I've been meaning to ask you. Can you chat me up and give me a little bit of lore talk here about the differences between Halo Reach? and Halo Fall of Reach. Okay. Because there were some differences, if you want to kind of preface that also for some people well, who might not know. There's
2: some things that they they kind of patched up that I'm cool with. Um, one big thing right off the bat was, in the final level of Halo Reach, the game, Dr. Halsey hands off Cortana to Noble Six to bring to the Pillar of Autumn. Mm-hmm. Now, immediately, if you read the book, you know that Cortana was with Master Chief at that exact time. So that shouldn't really make any sense. but they did a really good job of patching it up for, in my opinion. Um, Cortana in the in the Halsey journal that comes with the Halo Reach legendary edition, also the special edition, the the lower package one. Limited I think limited. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, in that book, Dr. Halsey is esca- excavating this area and she needs to keep Cortana to like process the information or whatever. But she also needs to send, send her off with Chief. So she has Cortana split herself off, much like she does in Halo 4 later. She splits off a second part of herself, and she keeps the the lower part of Cortana with her to process the information, and she sends the main Cortana part off with Chief. So it actually makes complete sense. Chief still has Cortana like he did in the book, but a part of her is with, with Halsey. And Here's what I love. About this, this, this actually, I, pr- I actually prefer this. In the original Halo, it says that we did, remember how Keyes is like, we did a blind jump. How did they get there before us? The Covenant ships have always been faster. You know that part from Halo 1? <laughs> yeah, I love that you just have that down. Um, Amazing. In the original, they just kind of make it sound like it's random. But mm-hmm. with the reach in Halsey's journal, Dr. Halsey kept that, part of Cortana behind to process the Forerunner stuff she was excavating. And when they do a blind jump, the part of Cortana that you delivered to to the Pillar of Autumn, she does, Cortana does a blind jump based off the calculations she received from the Forerunner artifact that Dr. Halsey was excavating on Halo Reach, in the game. What? That's dope. So because of what Dr. Halsey did with Cortana and because of Noble Six delivering her, you make j- the jump, Slip space jump based on the coordinates that was received from Dr. Halsey to Halo Ring, which the whole, all the events of the game play out on. That's canon. That's awesome.
1: I had that limited edition. I never even read that. I've read it several times. It's
2: actually really good. And it's written by Eric Nyland, the guy who wrote The Fall of Reach. Oh, good. That's perfect. Um, So that's really cool. Uh, The journal also talks about how Miranda is the daughter of Dr. Halsey and Captain Keys, which I'm pretty sure was never like. On paper confirmed, even though it was known until Holly's uh, Journal. Um, but like that's that's pretty well taken care of. There's some dates, like literal dates that are, that are off, which I can give a complete pass because we're talking about a fictional universe here and it's just a number. We can fix that. No big deal. Um, for me, the biggest problem is that in the fall of Reach, Master Chief and Blue Team are together up in orbit at the exact same time that Noble Six would be delivering Cortana. And the pillar of autumn is landed in the bo- in the game, and there is no blue team around. So it really doesn't make any sense why chief and blue team are not present in any way, and the pillar of autumn is grounded instead of in the air. Um, they may have found a way to retcon that, or like to fix that up that I don't know about. But basically, the ship shouldn't be on the ground like it is.
0: Um,
2: but it is. So. How was the fan reaction after Reach had come out? Oh, of that? people! I mean, lore fans were really, really pissed. Like, I was a little irritated just because I liked the book, but I mostly was like, I let it slide. You know, it's a great game, so it's okay. Uh, but yeah, lore fans are really upset. Um, it's kind of it's just it's 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 pretty well known at this point. Bungie is a special kind of company. They love their IP. They love their product. They want to be the ones to foster the universe. They don't want anyone touching it. And because of them being purchased by Microsoft, they had to do things that they didn't want to do, and that meant a lot of people got to have their hands in Halo that wasn't Bungie. Like the like the, I told I, previously in this episode, they didn't want the Full of Reach book to be done. They didn't want Master Chief to have a name. They didn't want him to be called John. Um, so uh, they, when they created Halo Reach, they went into it saying, we're going to make Halo Reach the way we want to make it with the characters we want and the story we want. And all the extended fiction will have to deal with it.
1: Do you feel like that's
2: justifiable, or like a big middle finger? I think it's justifiable, and I always respect the creator of content. Like I res- like I, I always respect George Lucas when he owned Halo. Or he owned- <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> midichlorians coming to Halo Six. Halo Combat Evolved. Halo Infinite. Edition. Spartan had the- Spartan one one seven had the most Midichlorians. Um. No, when George, I like that yeah. stuff. By the way, okay. okay, yeah, yeah, Josh, that's what I'm saying. When George Lucas owned Star Wars, no matter how stupid you thought something was that he came up with, since he owned the complete rights to it, I think he earned the right to do that. I think George Lucas, when he no, I now, I no, currently I don't think his word is law in my per- in my personal opinion because he doesn't own it anymore. But when he did own it. He, he earned the right to make things how they were. So I, I think that's fair that Bungie did that with Halo Reach. But we should also give Bungie credit because despite them hating that, they called him John in the game Halo 3. They put that in the script. They put... They put literal lines from Cortana or from Dr. Halsey in the Full of Reach book. They put that in the Halo 3 video game. Remember when like her face would pop up on the screen and she's like, I have defied gods and demons. And yeah. that was from – Which I, yeah. a lot of people were annoyed by yes you, right? Were you ever annoyed by that? Because I was too. Um, I think it objectively is a poor decision to put that in the game. And I think it should definitely have had an option to turn off once you beat the game once. Um, but I like it. I, I mean, I think it's objectively bad. I like it. I, like I liked it. it when I first played yeah. through it. And it sh- it through should it. be... Like, they, should, they should patch it to be able to make it so you don't have to listen to that second time, but I like it. But anyways, they put stuff from Fall of Reach briefly in Halo 3, and then in Halo Reach, they went through the trouble to get with Eric and Island and write that Halsey Journal to make it work out. They... This is actually something I can't get an answer on. I've asked people on Recetera, I've asked people on Twitter. I have not gotten an official answer, and I feel like I need to know this as a Halo lore fan. Okay. Uh, from my understanding, Eric Nyland created the character Dr. Halsey. I don't think Bungie had anything to do with it. Which, if that's yeah. true, that's crazy because look, she's my- she's a, she's one of the biggest people in the universe, and she's also one of the best characters. So that's kind of insane to me. So, anyways, Bungie put Dr. Halsey in Halo Reach, the game. They they, they did the journal. You know, they they did stuff at Halo Three. So even though Bungie yeah even though Bungie didn't want people messing around in their universe. And even though they even claimed that Microsoft was, quote-unquote, whoring out their universe by letting Ensemble make a Halo game, they still took things that were good from the universe and they kept them in there. So i got to
1: give them respect for that. You know, i got to say, too, just to actually compare that to Star Wars a little, George did the same thing a couple times. And the most notable that I, that comes to mind was a character, Ayla Secura, okay. Uh Twi'lek. And you see her get killed in Revenge of the Sith, but she was actually originally... She originated from a comic series, okay. And George liked her so much, he was like, "Let's get her in the movie." Yeah. Which, oh, well, not? she was in Attack of the Clones as well, but I mean, that's her most notable appearance. I think is Revenge of the Sith when she just completely eats it on Felucia. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I definitely think it's one of those things where they. Sometimes look at that work and they're like, "There's a couple of good things here. Yeah. Maybe we don't like all this stuff, but there's a couple notable well, things I can pick."
2: Disney's doing it great now with Star Wars. I mean, I guess it depends on your opinion, but like right now, Disney's saying, "Hey, guess what? Everything beforehand not canon anymore, but we're gonna pull all the good stuff out and use it." I'm cool with that. Yeah. So
1: yeah, they're still doing it, so it's really cool to see that. But yeah, bringing it back to uh, reach and whatnot, like yeah, was that was there ever a point where you felt frustrated? Like, you being someone who, you know, like like we talked about before with the lore stuff and how, like, you know, I've said in a, you know, I think in the Mandalorian episode uh, how I felt like even when there wasn't, there was Star Wars stuff where I wasn't, like, super keen on, I guess. Mm-hmm. I still try to convince myself I liked yeah. it. Did you ever go through a point of just trying to wrap your brown where, brown, brown wrap your brain Rap around where, wrap like, your brown, baby. Uh, wow, that sounds so wrong. Yeah. Let's um, never say that again. <laughs> wrap my brain <laughs> around your brown. Wrap my brain around wrap what? Your brown sounds like a sounds like muddy muddy trousers, no. man. Oh wow. Wrap my brain uh, around. But yeah, brain. so no, did you was there ever a point where you had to wrap your brain around the fact that like there's this dissonance in the lore between that? Was there ever a point where it was hard? Uh, or where you no. just like
2: eh No, I mean no, it, I mean it's unfortunate, but like no, really I was I was completely I mean, I've been over this before, but I was completely more or less happy with everything that played out in the Halo universe until Halo 5. Um, So really, the only time I've ever faked myself out of something is for a couple years. I told myself that Halo 4 was garbage, Mm -hmm. not because I believed it in any way, but because I was so salty on Halo 5 that I wanted to discredit 343 entirely because I was so upset about that because I'd I'd given so much of myself to that universe, and I, I was so... Invested Even after Halo 4 came out and after 343 took over, I was so invested that— and I had a bunch of friends that that were not interested anymore, friends that didn't like Halo 4, friends that didn't like 343, who I tried to bring around and convince to, to like that stuff. So I was so salty about Halo 5, I tried to pretend that Halo 4 wasn't good for a couple years, even though I loved it upon launch. But I eventually came back around and decided, you know what? Like, we've been over this before— like the things you like and and you know respect the th- uh, respect the things that happened you don't and just move on. Um, I love Halo 4. I think Halo 4 is a great game. I love most all things in the Halo universe. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of Halo 5's campaign, but
1: I've come to a yeah, place yeah, of acceptance and it's fine. It's weird. it's weird. I look at like Mike Coulter as an example and like that Halo 5 made me a fan of that guy as an actor and a person, like just seeing his engagement and stuff, but then like I look at Halo 5 and I'm like Man, I just don't care about Locke. Halo 5
2: much. made me not you know, like, like Mike Coulter.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, he, I suppose that's fair because. He seemed like a very he's, good actor. You know, he's one of the Spartan Locke is one of the same. I, I don't know. He I, I seems, seems very so. bland. I don't know. Even in
2: Luke Cage. I don't know. What I thought, but. But, anyways, to, to, to bring this topic to a conclusion, and I'll ask for your final thoughts, then you can bring us to the next topic, Josh, or the next thing we have on the list. Um, Halo Reach, great game. Comes out on December 3rd in MCC for Xbox One and PC. Josh and I are going to be playing it. We love it. Great game. Super exciting. Josh, any final thoughts before we move on?
1: Uh, Just, I mean, it's going to sound corny, but I'm very grateful that we get this. Yep, me too. I- I'm really grateful that have to. 343 not only went back and we're like, okay, look, we are going to fix this game being MC's. And late.
2: they made the original BC backwards compatible, so they really did not have to
1: do this. Right. So, you know, and I think Reach is as well. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think you could play Halo Reach, BC.
2: Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying.
1: Yeah, you can even play the multiplayer right oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. thought you said, uh, I missed. Yeah, yeah you can I'm even sorry. play the multiplayer. But yeah, so, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's insane. So I, I just feel grateful. And now that we have a release date, I'm, I feel like, uh, I don't, I love having things to look forward to. That's always been so, sort of a driving force for me in video games and films and like television, just anything, you know, even a comic book, you know. Like I love just having stuff to look forward to. And it's just... It's cool having this. This is a big deal for me and Brian. And on top of that, it just... It's awesome to get that on top of everything else that's just coming out right now. And I just... It's under three weeks. It's just insane. Like, it's insane. And I I feel so good about it. Like, I do feel bad that... You know, they've really hyped up this the PC aspect of it, the PC side. And I do feel bad that it sounds like Xbox is farther ahead. But to be biased, I feel... I'll actually, I take comfort in that mm-hmm. because I'm I play Halo on the console. I don't care to play Halo on PC. I'm just when I look at Halo on PC, I think I am very happy for the people that do want.
2: Glad that. it exists. Yep. Yes,
1: exactly. So, yeah, we're we're definitely we're likely going to be streaming it. And uh, thank you, three four three, doing Industries. some campaign and some Seriously. multiplayer. And yeah, thank from you me and, from me and
2: Josh here. Uh, we you know you guys get more criticism than you get anything else. Um, you know, MCC was broken at launch. I'm not saying that's a good thing, acceptable, or whatever, but it works now. You came through, you fixed it, you added to it, you improved it. You brought ODST, you brought Reach. You know, um, Halo Infinite's looking great. Thanks for the work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's the next topic, absolutely. Josh? Absolutely. Uh, we actually got uh, one of our listeners actually kind of gave us some questions. We have listeners. to kind of get to. We do. <laughs> Whoa. And they're awesome. That's great. <laughs> super that's cool. That's great. So, uh, yeah, he's got a couple of questions. I'm going to read off of Brian, and I kind of want to. This is, uh, take I believe,
2: Matthew Salvatore. Am I saying that correct?
1: Yeah, at Pure Genius Lego. So, yes. thank you so yeah, much, d- first and foremost, Matt. You have given us biggest. Go ahead. Big, Go ahead yeah, I mean, he's
2: our. I don't. I don't. I don't want to call him a fan because I don't. He hasn't used those words, so that's not. I, I would hate if somebody called me a fan of something I'm not a fan of, but regardless, he is a great. He's our biggest supporter right now. He's uh, given us great feedback. He's been very supportive. Retweets our stuff, helps out. Uh, so thank you, Matthew Salvatore. Uh, we yeah, really thank appreciate you so it.
1: much, Matt, and and everyone in general. Like it's it's meant so much just interacting with you guys. But yeah, uh, specifically you, Matthew. Thank you so much for taking the time to write this in because this was cool. This uh, especially the fourth Good question, question I have no idea about. So I get to pick Brian's brain and kind of great learn questions. This as What's the first well. question? But, uh, so the first question is he asks favorite weapon of choice and why. Now, here's the thing I would have asked him if he was here. I would have said,
0: w-
2: I get to pick one period
1: for all of Halo or, you know, p- per by game. But I guess... Let's, let's have some fun okay. with this. Let's have some fun with this. So give me give me just your favorite overall, and then let's go through each game and you can tell. I would say the if I had to take away one overall weapon,
2: it's got to be the battle rifle. It's just too good. It's just too classic. It's amazing. Um, if I had to pick... I'm going to go game by game, and I'm going to say. Yeah, just just go really quick, actual really release. quick. Okay, I'm going to go yeah, 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 Halo 1, it's the pistol. I love the pistol in Halo 1. I don't care if it's broken. I love it. Halo 2, it's the battle rifle. Amazing. Great introduction. Halo 3, this is probably going to be the toughest one for me. The assault rifle and the battle rifle is worse to me than Halo 1 and 2. Halo 3. So I'm going to say for Halo 3, man, I think the sword's worse than Halo 3. Man, what do I do here?
1: The SMG is okay, so better. We got SMG. We got, we got Brute Spiker. Mm, uh, Maulers. We got the yeah, the Maulers. Gravity Hammer. Yep.
2: Mm, Griff Ball was awesome. Um, I'm going to say, am I really going to say this? I guess I'm going to say the Gravity Hammer. Okay. Gravity Hammer, Halo 3. Um, okay. ODST, I will say the pistol. I love the pistol in ODST. It is ODST- before Halo Five came out, ODST was the best, most fair pistol in Halo. Because Halo One's not fair, Halo Three's pistol is, and Halo 2's pistols bad. Halo, so I love ODST's pistol. Um, Halo Four, man, Halo Four did really good with the weapons. I thought the BR was good. I thought the DMR was good. I thought I skipped Reach. I'm gonna come back to that. My bad. Um, the assault rifle was awesome um, for Halo Four. Most the the light rifle was a really good addition, despite me not being a big Promethean fan. I'm gonna say my favorite weapon in Halo Four. It's going to the assault rifle. That is one awesome assault rifle. I love it. Love Halo Four assault rifle. Halo Reach DMR designated marksman rifle. Here it great addition to the Halo universe. I love it. Halo Reach favorite weapon DMR. Um, Halo Five, man. Halo Five did a great job too. AR is good, yeah. battle rifles good, DMR is good, pistols good. You know, I'm a I don't know why I'm a big fan of the pistol. I'm gonna say, am I going? Oh, the pistol in Halo Five is so. I'm cool. gonna say the pistol for Halo Five. Josh, where, what about you? Let's start with the first game. Okay well, okay. well, I'm gonna say overall. Yeah, overall. Do your overall first.
1: Yeah, I gotta go with battle rifle. Okay. Like, DMR is close though. Yep. Cool. But, battle, uh, rifle. battle rifle's just. Like, DMR is a bit better, you know, like... it, it, I think DMR feels like, you know, tell me if you agree or not, but it feels like a nice balance between a sniper rifle and a battle rifle. Yeah. It feels like that mid... It's one shot is more powerful, but it's more precision. Yeah. Like, battle rifle, you could be right in somebody's face and be far more accurate than with a DMR. But yeah, okay, so for every Halo game, starting with Combat Evolved, I'm gonna say... The assault rifle out of pure nostalgia. It's great. I love it. Halo 1. You know, the, the the pistol is yeah, way better. But uh, I just I love Halo 1, you know they
0: are.
1: When I played that as a kid, you know, I didn't I didn't really realize that, and I love the assault rifles, big and bulky, yep. and it just felt powerful, Tons you know, especially of ammo. when I'm mowing through grunts. Yeah, so much. And I just I always love the reload animation. You know, I, yeah. for some reason I've always just been a sucker for that. But uh, moving on to Halo Two, got to go with the battle oh, rifle. Yeah. You know, just got to. It's uh, you get into multiplayer. Like I remember actually. When I look back to having Xbox Live for the first time, and I noticed there was a lot of, uh, like, Battle Rifle playlists, you know, BR starts, and, like, I didn't like that at the time. I really didn't like that. I liked just picking it up, and then, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, I do like that sometimes. Now, with Halo 5, I actually like starting out with uh, Assault Rifle and Pistol. Like, I love how – I love yeah. the, the starts there. Great. But back then, yeah, I mean, I can definitely – when I look back, uh, yeah, absolutely love the Battle Rifle. Halo 3 – Ooh, yeah. Now I love Halo Three, but it's it is tough because the weapons do feel a bit weaker. Um, I, to be honest, and I I feel like the only one in the world who's who would probably say this, but I'm gonna go with the Brute Spiker. I liked it. I mean, that's I a cool addition. It. It's probably the
2: most unique, coolest Brute weapon, right?
1: Yeah, I just I I do Old remember hammer. That. Sorry, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I get you. But yeah, I I always liked it. I don't know. I, I just always, I didn't use the, um, what was the sort of shotgun one again? The Maulers. They were, I mean, the it was Mauler, an interesting yeah. idea
2: to have a handheld shotgun, but if you weren't re- re- using
1: two, it really wasn't worth it. I mean, sometimes those things could be deadly, but yeah, no, I agree. uh So, okay. Moving on to ODST, uh, the SMG. It was an SMG, right? The silenced SMG. Silenced SMG. I did like that. Although the pistol was good. uh Halo Reach, definitely DMR. Hands down. I mean, I just... I love the DMR. Did you did you I the so Bloom much, dude. in that game? I never cared. I never minded the Bloom. Do you know what Bloom is? You know, right? Yeah, yeah and I. you know, okay. I, I didn't play it enough to really, like, I think, have... like. I guess I feel like my opinion probably won't carry the same weight as most people who put a lot of time into that. But uh, it did annoy me at times. Other times, I just didn't care. Like, I was just kind of back and forth on it. But I never put too much thought into it yeah. enough to feel, like, annoyed... Too long you know, just yeah, it's okay. It's fine. But uh I love the DMR so much. Like, oh my god. Even when I get that in Halo Five. Feels good. It just feels so satisfying. I when don't, I don't get like it, Halo you know, 5's but,
2: design for the DMR. I actively don't like it, but that's just my opinion.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh any particular reason why you don't like They it?
2: got rid of the, the, the green counter on it. I, I loved I love that oh,
1: Okay, it. yeah, okay.
2: And it's yeah, got a blue yeah, it's got a blue know, scope. It doesn't look right to me, but uh so uh, Halo four four.
1: four. No, you, you skip reach. reach
2: too. but go ahead, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, well... Reach. No, you said DMR. DMR. What am I thinking, dude? I'm yeah. oh, sorry. Because we were just talking about Halo 5's DMR, so I got thrown off.
1: Oh, you're yeah. good, you're good. Go uh, but <laughs> Halo 4, I got to go with Brian and say the assault rifle. That assault rifle, it feels like what the assault rifle should feel It feels
2: like. meaty, powerful, looks cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you get to Halo 5, and I think the assault rifle on that great. is fantastic, too. But I think the pistol's great. Honestly, I love just about every weapon in that game. I use, that's the thing about that. Okay, I'm going to say that my favorite is the SMG. Now, I wanna, I do want to clarify that I played the beta, and it's obviously been a lot Got nerfed, more nerfed since then, but I still love that SMG. I feel so powerful. I feel like such a badass when I pick that up, and it's been nerfed substantially, I feel. However... It's still fun. I still like it. Yeah. I still like that it's there. Uh, but one thing I do want to add is that I, yeah, I love all the weapons in that game. And I, you, when I do play Halo Five, I found myself in that game's multiplayer. That was like really the only Halo game where I found myself being able to utilize every weapon. I felt like they were they served a purpose and they were better off for being there. Yeah. You know. And and I mean, how how do you feel about that? No, I, like real quick if we can just kind of touch. I, mean, I agree. It. I mean, I think uh, Halo Two.
2: Everyone knows, Bungie included, replacing the assault rifle with the SMG was a objectively poor decision. Um, then they've never—if you notice—we've never not had the AR since. Like that's actually that might be. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't – because Halo 2 is my favorite game of all time. I mean, the biggest flaw of that game maybe there is no assault rifles existence in Halo 2. That's sad. That's really sad. Well, okay. I mean,
1: technically, in the anniversary edition, we do have that in the multiplayer.
2: multiplayer yeah, which feels good. But, feels good. Yeah, it does feel um, good. But anyways, um, no, I would agree with Josh because the the SMG was a poor replacement in Halo 2. and Halo 3, um, they made it a side weapon, like, instead of having to be a start and the AR is back. Um, but the, nobody really uses the SMGs too much in Halo Three either. Um, they're they're just kind of there. They're not bad, but they're not good. Yeah, I still liked them in that game, but yeah. Um, and then I could get a BR. The ooh, I would say I would say the second best SMG is the silenced SMG actually, because at least they made it unique in ODST. At least it was unique, so that was yeah, cool. Um, Halo Four? Did Halo Four have an SMG in it? I don't think it did. Get,
1: you would know more than dude, I, dude.
2: I'm pretty sure. I, if we're wrong, this is gonna be embarrassing. But I'm pretty positive there is. <laughs> no, you're good. There man. is no SMG in Halo 4, um, but then the Halo 5 SMG is the first time it feels. It almost feels like they created a whole new weapon. Like they could have called it something different. I mean, it does seem familiar, but at the same time, it was properly developed. So yeah. Next question, Josh.
1: Yeah. Uh, he asks, favorite Covenant species. I mean,
2: dude, we're both gonna say the same thing. I mean, the, the Sangheili, the elites, right? I mean, that's my favorite. I'm actually going to disagree, oh, but great. I do I'm so really glad. like them. They probably. i so glad you disagree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, tell, tell me I... first.
1: <laughs> tell me first why.
2: I mean, so everyone knows that Bungie took a heavy inspiration from the film Aliens. Uh, Alien, the Alien franchise, is probably my second favorite sci fi franchise. Number one would be Halo. The only thing giving Alien run for money is Star Wars. Because uh, I, I think Star Wars as a whole is far better than Alien, but I think Alien One and the sequel Aliens are both two fantastic films. They give some of the best Star Wars films to run for their money. I know that probably sounds ridiculous to you, but um, Alien
1: One and I'm not judging. I just you know what I love I love Alien or the, what's the first, first one? one is first Alien? one is Alien. It, it, okay, and then the second one's Alien. Yes. Okay, yeah, the second one I actually I know
2: I'm like the yeah, only one who that's does. fair. No, it's fair. I don't like it, but those two films are really good. The franchise as a whole is pretty poor. Um, also, Alien Isolation, the video game, is an alien fan stream. But, anyways, everyone knows Bungie took heavy inspiration from Aliens and Starship Troopers and stuff to make Halo when it first came out. Uh, Starship Troopers, so it amazing. is. I love Starship Troopers. Um, but so the you can. The only good bug is a dead. The bug. design, the design. Yeah, I love that line. The um, uh, they're afraid. He's afraid. No <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patrick Harris. That's so weird to think. Uh, but anyways, yeah. back on topic. Um, the design of the elite, to me, is the, I, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed they drew inspiration from the the xenomorph. Um, but to me, the elite almost looks. I mean, I think the elite's design is fantastic, and I like it about as much as the xenomorph. Um, so I love their design. I love how they're like elegant, holy warriors that that um, are really good in combat. You know, they're not they're not just powerful. They they have they they have an elegance to them. Um, yeah, great character, de- great creature design. We talked about this beforehand. Um, you know, Bungie just makes such iconic looking aliens. It's just fun to fight an alien when it has a ton of character and it has a great design. And everything Bungie's created, both in Halo and Destiny, are fantastic. And um, 343 has yet to introduce a-, a cool thing to fight that wasn't pre established. So, yeah, what's your favorite, Josh? The Hunters. Ooh, I like the Hunters
1: that's really cool yeah uh the soul like honestly the main reason is because at the was it at the end of halo 2 i think when you're playing as the arbiter on the great journey i think you run into some that are on and your you're
2: team. like oh man
1: yeah oh. and you get those big lugging dudes with yeah. you with, like giant ass lumberjacks just and you guys are charging in and it's like awesome. every time i play that section i try my darn to make sure they yes yep. Yes. Like I try to do that with Marines too. when I'm playing as cheap and like Halo one and stuff. And then they're always like, Wah! but you know, they always die anyway, but it's, I still try, I get attached to those dudes. And you know, like part of the, part of what was hard, I think for me back in the day was uh, when I didn't have Xbox live was trying to play through the campaigns and, and just brush up on my weapon skills. You know, that's why yeah. I, a couple, I know a couple of my other friends did too. And when you were only able to put the land parties and you had to wait until the weekend and stuff like that. But uh, the hardest part was, you know, sometimes you just felt, as a character, your character felt so alone going through those games. I mean, Chief had Cortana, but she wasn't a physical yeah. presence, you know, and, and and stuff like that. So I loved the moments in those games when you have a lot of people with you. And that's why I, I do love a lot, like, the first half of Halo 1, even though the second tends to be my favorite in terms of story. The first, in, I guess, in terms of gameplay is more fun yeah. because you have all those Marines with you, and it's just so much fun trying to keep them alive, and when you have them on the side of the tank, and they're firing off rockets, and sometimes they get you killed yep. and stuff like that. I mean, it's fun, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Hunters in general, and, you know, when you first encounter them in Combat Evolved, and you're intimidated by them, you're like, oh, my God. Like, when they come down, you yeah. know, like, it is insane. Oh, yeah, you're like,
0: what are these
2: That's Not to mention, <laughs> like, dude, oh my- the lore, the lore for them, it's fantastic. They're, they're a series of thousands of worms come together to make one bean. Yeah. That's That's really unique. Did they show that in Nightfall? Yeah, Nightfall actually that's probably one of the best things about that film is they show I mean, well, if you want to call it a film, you know, I'm saying, like, uh <laughs> also, I'd say as a as a backup for me, Grunts, Dude, Grunts are iconic as heck. That's my second Dude, favorite. Yes,
1: lo- Grunts would absolutely I love my Grunts. They're s- They're so adorable. They're so much fun to kill and I want you know, I want to grunt charge plushy. at you with those dual grenades. I do do. If and you think- see one, if you see two of them, buy both
2: and send it to me. I'll pay for all of it. <laughs> I want a on plushie.
1: I think they did that once for, like, I think the release of the MCC, but I don't know where you were able to get it next, I remember wanting one so next bad. Next question, Josh. I'm curious. Uh, next question. Uh, yeah, so his next one is, what is the most iconic line Chief says? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, you can go well, first. Well, I have to think about it. I think you would know more. Okay. Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, I need a weapon. I think I, I think love that that's line. A, <clears throat> I think this probably the I, most I love that line. Yeah, just because... Like I love it, and I think it is the most iconic just because Halo 2 is like even people who I feel like people who wouldn't necessarily rank Halo Two as high up will still look at Halo Two and see the impact it's had yeah and how it's affected what came after so I do think it's a it's an important game it's probably yeah. the most important in some ways, and when I look at that line, it just feels so great because you've seen that beginning cutscene, and I, I don't know I, when that when that when he says that i feel like okay i'm about to get direct control i'm about to yeah. assume control yep. of him and i uh it also just feels badass and that was the whole point of halo 2 i know that's that was like their mentality going into it bigger you, you, better and more badass it, yep and and it's just it's cool you know you know you're about to get into the action I think it you're. Just, it sets up
2: a lot i think you're objectively right i think i need a weapon is the most iconic the first one that comes to my mind and my favorite is probably, sir, giving the covenant back their bomb. That's probably my favorite. Oh really?
1: oh, really? It's not negative infinity. I don't like it.
2: You guys can't see the video, but I am judging Josh so much right now. I hate that line.
1: And I'm smiling.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we've already got another team on it. Negative infinity. Or here's another one I don't like. How the hell did you get here? Or whatever. On Genesis. When the lock shows Uh-oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Try to stop it. Just stop. Anyways, next question, Josh.
1: Okay, yeah. So his last one, which is... Uh, this is something I really don't know a whole lot about. So in, uh, when I read this, I actually thought this is something I would love to hear Brian's answer. Um, but yeah, so he uh, he asks, Would you say the Forerunner AI that sided with the Flood is like Cortana's story? She was in contact with the Gravemind for some time. Okay,
2: so the Forerunner AI that... Michael is referring to is medicant bias, which we talked about.
1: Matthew. You said Michael. you
2: <laughs> said Michael? It's Matthew, Brian! <laughs> Ma- you know what? Matthew, you, you, you request anything you want done on the show after what I, the heresy that I just committed against you. Um, but anyways, uh, I think he, he's referring to... I know what he's referring to. He's referring to medicant bias, uh, which we talked about prior on the show. And um, Medicant bias was a contender class AI that was sent by the forerunners to to stop the flood, and the primordial, the last precursor, the kind of a, you could consider it like a leader of the flood or whatever, uh, used a logic plague on medicant Bias uh, when they were just they were just having a conversation for 43 years, which I know Josh thinks is ridiculous. <laughs> but,
1: well, I think okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, I actually think that's pretty damn yeah. Cool. 43 years to convince this container class. AI. but anyways, but it it sounds when you when you hear that on the like surface, yeah, I guess he you know, turned on his knee jerk He
2: turned on his makers, um, basically. So. Here's what I think about Matthew's question. I think that whoever, whatever, whoever behind the scenes at three four three, they actually thought it'd be a really cool idea to introduce this story of AI, uh, AI enemies in in Halo Five, which obviously is very cliched, very sci fi channel. No one really liked it. It was poor, poor, poor decision. But so I don't think they're. Do you mean in Halo? In Halo 4? Five. Halo Five. No, Halo Five.
1: Oh, okay. Because you know how
2: Cortana becomes Keep evil. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I do not— This is why I went to you for yeah, this question. I do not think that was their intention at all, to have this kind of parallel medicant bias and the Forerunners. But I think at this point, where they're not going to reboot the series—they're doing a spiritual reboot, but they're going to make everything stay canon. The best thing they can do at this, at this point is to spin it that direction because that is honestly the coolest thing they can do. They can spin it as Cortana was got the logic plague from Gravemind during Halo 3. Um, and she went she kind of went you can call it whatever you want. Logic plague and rampant whatever. She turned against her creators, much like Medicant Bias did. And it's kind of foreshadowing. It's kind of like George Lucas always says it it's because it rhymes. You know, have this same thing happen over again where um, And to make it even cooler, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. And I don't know if people like this or not. Maybe Matthew's already thought of this. In the foreigner lore, they create offensive bias with the sole purpose of going and taking out medicant bias. Now, what if they can use some crazy hijinks in Halo Infinite and they make a new Cortana, but somehow it's not a new Cortana? Let's say somehow they—I don't know what it is, they'll find some lore explanation, nanobots or some shit— uh, they'll find something, and you will have a new Cortana in Halo Infinite that you use to help you defeat the bad Cortana in the same exact vein that they created Offensive Bias to, to defeat Medicin Bias. That's a really cool way to go about it. I think that's honestly the best way they can keep what they've created in the past and go forward. Now, and here's another thing that supports that theory. Have you heard about the QR code thing that was found in Halo Infinite trailer? You mentioned that briefly before, yeah. but refresh my memory on that. There, the QR code leads to a, a link that that gives more audio of Cortana talking, and Cortana sounds younger and sounds less knowledgeable, as if they've created a new one. Man, that's a- so. If they go that route, and you have like you get that experience having Cortana with you again, and she's either a new Cortana entirely, or she's like the good part of Cortana somehow. I don't know and you use her to help defeat the bad one, which I don't think they're going to put too much emphasis on evil Cortana in this game because I think they know that went over poorly. But anyways, if they kind of have that mirror that, I think that's the best way they can handle it. I think Matthew's completely completely dead on with that being— that's the direction they should go. If they're going to mention anything about Cortana, and since it's Halo, they will,
1: this is the direction they need to go. It's the smartest way. What do you think, Josh? Uh, Well, you know way more than I do, but— yeah, I I don't know. I think that stuff could be potentially cool. I just when I look at Halo Infinite, I just kind of hope that stuff that happened at the end of Halo 5 is something Mostly glossed like, over. Okay, for those Yeah, it's a it's something they just kind of like deal with and kind of move on into a bigger story. I agree. Like like you guys remember how in Spartan Ops, they're kind of setting up Jule and Dama and stuff like that, and then they get to Halo 5 and he's killed in the first level in a cut perfect scene. example of doing the same so, thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I would I would kind of like since it was an overwhelming opinion of people that just did not vibe with that. In Halo 5, I would love to see them find a way to wrap that up within the I first agree. couple levels and then just move like have it also be, be be planting seeds for this other overarching story that you can kind of move into. And that would feel to me like a soft reboot. You're kind of capping off It's like what I call go- <laughs> that's what I call getting Count Dooku'd yeah. you know like he's he's always he's in Halo 2 a lot or uh, wow Halo 2
0: Count Dooku. Count Dooku in Halo 2 baby coming to you soon Woo! Halo okay,
2: Anniversary so in, 2 Count Dooku edition
1: <laughs> he's in he's in uh, Attack of the Clones you know episode 2 throughout at least as a plot element and then in episode 3 he's out right in the beginning you know so I would like him to kind of find a way to kind of wrap that up yeah. shift towards something else so but uh, thank you so much for writing in, Matthew. That means so much, and those were some great questions. I really liked. Really good being questions. Able to think on that. Our our biggest fan. Sorry if you don't want to be a fan, but you're our biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> he is, and he's awesome, he's awesome. So Okay, yeah. Thank you so uh, much. Is man. that is that our last uh, topic? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Josh, do you want to go ahead so. and sell us out? Yeah. Yeah, but first I figured. I would kind of send it to your way. You've kind okay. of done something new, a little thing called Patreon.
2: Okay. Okay. I did the Patreon. Now, this is the part where if I was listening to this podcast, my eyes would glaze over and I'd say, hey, I've heard the Patreon sell before. I don't want to give you money. Totally get that. I'm with you. Don't give us money because guess what? We want you to be here listening to this podcast. We do this because we're passionate about Halo. We love this. We're committed to it. What we mainly just want is people to, to like our content and just be here. That's what matters. But I put it up for a couple reasons. One, why not? Two, um, we would like to we would like to have a way to have a tight-knit community that's kind of our community, you know, Sacred Icon Halo community. And this is a way for you to be uh, a part of that community. It's a way for you to be, I mean, we're very much, we want to be involved with the community. We want our patrons to be um, patrons. I always feel like I say that a little off, but... We want you to be uh, someone someone special. like you're, all of our listeners are, are special to us, but like uh, patrons show us that um, you know what we're doing is worth something and you want us to stick around. And we're not doing this to make money. So and I'll get into that by, by discussing the tiers because I think you'll realize very soon here that we're not about trying to make money. We just want to have an option there to support us. Um, we've already invested several hundred dollars into this podcast. Um, that we don't intend we'll make back up. But, I mean, any any patron support we get. We do it because we love yeah, it. Yeah. Any patron support we get, we'll, we'll, we'll go towards that. And, I mean, if day ever came that we got some decent amount of patron support, we continue to add you know more to this podcast. Um, so I started a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash sacrediconhalo. And there is just two tiers. It's keeping it real simple. The first tier is $1.00. And it is the it, the tier is called legendary because uh, you're legendary for supporting us in any way. One dollar, we consider you legendary. Seriously, it's that, it's that simple. Um, One dollar, and that uh, with with that tier, um, you can ask a question and we'll answer it on the podcast. That comes in the tier. You ask a question, it gets answered. Um, the second tier, there's only two tiers. Second tier is all skulls on. Josh, give me your best red. Give me your best rendition of that. <clears throat>
1: all skulls
2: on that was much better so what's better than legendary (laughs) you think to yourself if one dollar makes me legendary what makes what's better than legendary all skulls on Uh, so for five dollars on patreon um, that's the all skulls on tier that's the most you can contribute to us the most you can help Um, you get the prior question answered on each show you get a special shout out on every show and um the third thing my favorite thing about this tier i I think it's kind of cool i've never seen anyone i'm sure it's been done before but i've never seen anyone do it on podcasts i've listened to before is the third best thing thing you get uh, biggest thing you get on being on the all schools on tier is you can request a topic for josh and i and we will record a 10 minute podcast exclusively on your topic and post that exclusively so any topic it can be which sounds like a lot of fun to me. it sounds like a lot of fun and here's the cool thing about it like good chance your topic will be about Halo. Maybe you want to talk about, you know, the Arbiter's Toenails. But you could also make the topic about anything you want. You can make the topic about Star Wars, something you can make about Game of Thrones, or you can make it about cats. We will talk about cats for 10 minutes if that's what you want. That's what the $5 tier gets you. So that's your options. Go to patreon.com/sake. I always do that.
0: Go to I'm I'm going to go
2: ahead and start over again and I'm going to use I'm going to use a voice. Go to patreon Dot com slash Sacred Icon Halo. Keep it sacred at Sacred Icon Halo. And you go there and you can uh, do the $1 tier, be legendary, do the $5 tier, all skulls on. Uh, we, we'd love to have you. We've got a couple goals there. First goal, we just want to build a tight knit community, try to get 10 patreons, patrons, try to get 10 of you guys, make that our small community. Um, we'd love to just have you there, interact with you consistently. Um, and then our second goal is uh, to have 20 uh, patrons. And uh, at 20 patrons, uh, we're going to have a couple new ideas for maybe at a third tier. If we get to that point, you know, it doesn't matter. I have different ways to add more content. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to want to go there and help out, that's great. If you don't, um, that's completely fine. Just listening is awesome. Um, you can uh, share the podcast with your friends. You can like retweet. You can subscribe, um, you know, just leave a comment. Just do anything. You know, we just really appreciate it. That's that's my that's my version of the sellout. Josh, what, what else do you got for us here?
1: Yeah, I do want to say, you know, yeah, for all you guys, just thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And and in addition to what he said, you know, you guys don't have to do that. Don't feel obligated to do that or anything. Um, Yeah, it's cool. It's an option. But, uh, you know, that's just something we thought we'd do, like he said, to try to build a uh, tight-knit community and stuff like that. But, you know, just having your guys' interactivity and feedback uh, via Twitter is is more than enough, you know. And having that support means the world to us because we do this – because we love talking about Halo, we love you know. When we do our oddball episodes. We like talking about other things. We just like discussing stuff. So, Josh, in how, general, having how many, sp- pe- how many people get to be legendary at one
2: dollar? I've went to other Patreon patreons, and if somebody gets a dollar, they call them like a marine. They call them like a marine, Man, and then you gotta you gotta, can't get this yeah, anywhere else. You gotta you gotta be like given like thirty bucks a month to be the Spartan tier. That's some bull crap
1: right there. Do you remember? Okay, guys, do you remember how hard it was? To get through Cairo Station on legendary yeah, and Halo you 2. You did it. We'll you this. all did it to $1.
2: $1.
1: $1. Legendary. You made
2: it through. One dollar. Guess what guess what you are right now just by listening? You're heroic. You're the recommended way to play Halo from That's You're the recommended way to play Halo. That's pretty awesome. You're my favorite way you're to play. You're heroic just for and guess what? To make it even better, I this is on the spot. I didn't think of this. Guess what? If you're not listening to this podcast, you're normal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so mean, but so It's funny. so true, because guess what? Oh, Most, my God. Guess what?
2: Most of this world ain't listening to podcast. so if you're not listening to podcast, you're normal. If you're listening, heroic, $1, legendary, $5, all skulls on. All oh, skulls on. Amazing. Okay, Josh, take us out. But guess freaking what, What's that? Ryan?
1: Do you know we're available on Anchor? Anchor.fm slash sacrediconhalo. Oh my goodness, but not just that. If you guys decide, hmm, I don't want to go to a website every day. Maybe you just want to go on a a place of choice where you can have your podcasts. Well, get this. Do you like music? Go on Spotify because we're on Wait a minute. Spotify? Spotify. you got to be kidding me, Josh. Can you believe that? Don't tell me there's something else we're on. I am not. Some would say I'm joshing you, but I'm not. Oh, you are always joshing me. Am I? Am I though about Spotify? No, it's actually true. But you're still Josh. It is true. It's damn true. You can find us on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and if you want to go elsewhere, get this. We're on Google. Okay, Podcast. here's the crazy thing. It's pretty, uh, neat. it blows my mind oh, that we're yeah? on Google and
2: Spotify. But I've heard that only the most prestigious, best podcasts in the world can be featured featured on Apple Podcasts. So unfortunately, wait, wait a minute. We're not. There's no
1: way we're on that, are we? Are we? Let me go. Let me double check real, Let me let me let me let me bring this up. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, oh. are you? Oh, how, we're on. Are there? you kidding me? We are on. I am not joshing
2: you again. The sequel. I so promise. we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcast, and now, being one of the biggest podcasts in the world, we have reached Apple Podcasts.
1: You, know you know what? Now that I see it, I'm seeing this email from them, and they're begging they us.
2: Said, they said, they're "You know what? iTunes? You know, we're doing pretty good. We got that 99 cent per song." But what would really put us over the limit if we had that sacred icon halo on our platform? So we said, you know what? Okay, Apple. You know what? You asked. You begged. We're there.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, truthfully, we were pretty damn excited about it, but we didn't want to show that, so we just put on our poker best face. poker face. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, guys, if you want to subscribe to that stuff, definitely check it out. And please, by all means, if you use, uh, if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating, a uh, five star review, and uh, give us a little review. You know, we appreciate that. That kind of bumps us up and helps get a little bit more recognition. So thank you uh, for listening in general, but also your support. Uh, if you guys decide, you know, like Matthew, and you want to kind of leave us a, a question, you want to write in, you want to leave a voice message, well, you can do that. If you don't want to reach us through Twitter, which I'm going to tell you about in a second, you can also reach us via our email at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. But if you decide, I just want to leave a voice message. Don't want to go through all that. We got you covered. Okay? You guys want to go to anchor.com. What is it? Anchor.fm? Anchor.fm. Slash sacredicon? Yeah, slash sacrediconhalo. You just go to our page there on Anchor. There's just an option for it right there, and you can start one right away. And it's going to go to us, and we're going to play it in the podcast and respond to you. So we'll give you the attention you deserve. But also, lastly, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you're not already, we're pretty cool. At least I like to think. Would you say so, Brian? Uh, Josh is cooler than I am. but uh, you know. Oh, you humble me, Brian. Not true, though. So not true. But if, if by chance you want to see this guy's awesome Twitter that he's running for us, you can do that at eight, at at eight <laughs> nine nine Ike, 100 899 oxyclean At Sacred Icon Halo. He, he posts some great stuff, some great questions. At it's the kind of Icon stuff Halo. we talk about. Yes, and it's the kind of stuff we talk about, you know, off air and stuff in general. And, and actually part of what made us want to make the podcast. So it's great seeing your guys' answers and stuff like that. So, but yeah, if you if you want to follow uh, the page, definitely do that at Sacred Icon Halo. But if you want to check out Brian personally and maybe just see what he's up to and, and see what else he kind of posts on his own free time that might, might not always be related to Halo, you can do that at Brian's Bane. And likewise for me at Jovial Joshi. Now Brian also has his wife playing through the Halo series for the first time, and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that
2: real quick? Uh, basically, my wife she's never played Halo, uh, so we're kind of starting her out at the first game. We've already posted two videos. Uh, at the, she's at, at Erica plays Halo. She played uh, the first level Pillar of Autumn and the second level Halo. Her videos are kept to two minutes or eighteen and eighteen seconds or less because that's what Twitter will allow on that platform. Um, so uh, she's just playing it through, and we're kind of getting that. We're kind of getting that new, you know, what's a what's a new Halo player? Somebody who's never played, never knows, any, doesn't know anything about the Halo universe. What is their uh, impression? And that kind of gives us some more content through the week uh, on Twitter, as well as gives us maybe eventually something to talk about on uh, the podcast here. Maybe at some point we'll have her. Like if she completes Combat Evolved, maybe we'll uh, we'll have her on the podcast to kind of talk about that. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just I kind of like to you know we talk about content providing and everything like that. Um, I could be wrong, but I feel like. I feel like most people, when they talk about content providing, they talk about like, you know, just the podcast and the YouTube and stuff like that itself. But for me, I like to keep the, the home of Sacred Icon Halo, the Twitter, I like to keep that as a place of content consistently. So we would like to have Erica plays Halo videos there. We like to post news there. We like to have these great questions that I think really kind of get people riled up, kind of get people involved, um, like our most recent question, which was, you know, which halo, if you had to get rid of one halo, which one would it be? And you can keep all the memories. We had like almost 100 responses there, I think. So uh, insane. Great. So, yeah, Josh, you got anything else before we're out of here?
1: No, that'll do it. Just uh, thank you again so much for your guys' support. And again, if you want to check us out, do that at Sacred Icon Halo. And check us out on any of pretty much we're everywhere, uh, wherever your podcast platform of choice is. So be sure and subscribe to us and uh, let us know what you think, guys. But uh, as for this episode, Uh, he's Brian, I'm Josh, and you've just been tuning in to Sacred Icon Halo. Keep it sacred at Sacred Icon Halo. Peace. Peace out, guys. guys.